Traveling the Vortex. as he travels the Vortex, because essential podcast services have been disrupted due to an unexpected forest. We'd like to reassure you that the situation will be rectified very soon, because this is episode 200. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? 200 episodes old we are. Can you believe it's been 200? No. 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 Hard to believe. Yes. Am I not being heard? You're talking over it. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll scrunch down. Now you're Maybe you should it. have the box. Till there the you go. There we go. Oh. <laughs> it angles. 200 episodes in, we've just discovered that Keek's mic stand has a, hip, a pinpoint. That's a real good start to 200. <laughs> Only the best here at Traveling the Vortex. Technical difficulties. It's, a, it's either a hinge. With Sean's mouth. <laughs> or a pivot point. I tried to combine the two words. It's a hizzit point. point. How's 200 guys? I feel so old. <laughs> I don't feel a day. I don't, I don't feel an episode over 150. <laughs> Do we call this a bicinepial? Ooh. Ooh. I like the word. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded good. Happy bicinepial. Happy bicinepial. Happy bicinepial. Happy bicinepial. Doesn't flow off the tongue very easily. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not as well as Epiversary. Well, before we get to the festivities, <laughs> how was everyone's week? It was good. I had a great yeah, week. It was wonderful. Yeah. Anybody doing anything? Wonderful week. First, it it's was been up funny. and down with the Royals. Then it but... was sad. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really do much. School and work and work and school and the Royals. I was so angry. <laughs> I've, been, I've been, you know, because I've been at work all these, so, you know, I, I get the updates and I have to Google them on my phone. Of course, we don't have Wi-Fi, so, you know, I can't watch anything. And, of course, the Major League Baseball is like, no. That's that's pretty much it. It's, Can I watch this online? No. That's where you're at. Unless so, you pay for it through MLB. Yeah, unless you pay for it. So I'm, I'm trying to find And I can't or even Fox Go. find a local radio station on the line. I have to download an app for that and then go to this thing. It's like, uh, seriously? I you're not even supposed to be able to... Uh, Stream audio online. All the radio stations that I've gone to that stream normally online mm-hmm. have the "Sorry, we are not allowed to." Or why? One of them was, "Why are you listening to an old broadcast?" Well, that's because we're not allowed to stream <laughs> the Royals game. I, I finally found an app for a radio station out somewhere. I don't know, maybe your neck of the woods, somewhere on Western Kansas, that was 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 playing the game. But it would pause every five minutes and then lock to up. To buffer, I think so. <laughs> and, and it would lock up, and then I would have to. I couldn't get out of it. I'd have to reboot my phone 
to get the app to start again. Uh-oh. And I would get another five minutes of it, and then my phone would lock up. And I was like, okay, this is very quickly becoming not worth it. <laughs> so the other day I'm home, and I'm off on Saturday, and I think, I could actually watch the game tonight. <laughs> and, the the, and, and, the and then I thought, oh, yeah. they've been doing really good without me. I mean, I haven't watched a game all year, and they made it to the World Series, so maybe I should just not. Yeah, I don't want to jinx this, you know. Uh, I'll I'll peek. I'll take a little peek. I'll boot it. So I went downstairs and turned on the TV and flip, 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 flip. Okay, found the channel, and there it is. <laughs> and it's the, the the third inning, fourth inning, and we scored three runs in the two and a half minutes that I watched. And I went, oh, awesome! <laughs> and I turned it off because I was like, okay, I'm good. I don't need any more than that. Uh, yay, team! And we went upstairs and did something and um, came back down later and eleven to four final. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked again tonight to see. If they... I'm sure they didn't. They were down by five when you came in. There well, was only another know. inning left, I think. Or they were down by. Yeah, yeah, it was five. it was five nothing at the time. I'm an eternal optimist. Let me pull this up and see what it says. Five nothing. <laughs> so the good news is we've got one more game <laughs> in Kansas City <laughs> at, at least. least. Hopefully two. Very hopeful. They got to win the next one, and then uh, they'll have to win two more now. Well, they got to they got to win the first one first. That's what I'm saying. They got to win two more. And they got to win the first one to push it to seven, and then they got to win the next one to win it all. But well, let's get through six first. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But the good news is we're, we're, we're coming back to Kansas City for that one. Mm-hmm. So yay. yay! That's the most you'll hear us talk about baseball. Oh. Well, in two hundred episodes, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> this every year, this time, it always impacts me greatly. Do you work funny hours? Because Not funny. He gets good hours. I get awesome hours because there's no 9 p.m. newscast because the game's on because yeah. it's broadcast on Fox. Oh, that's true. He has, he works funny hours. You he work, he ends up working late. Yeah. Well, not normally. This year they decided to force us to go late. <laughs> well, because it was the Royals. Yeah. Um, so I get if if the World Series is going on, I get to work 10 to 6. Huzzah! Yeah. How's that been? It's been nice. <laughs> uh, Tuesday was the first day of it. We. Watched the first hour of the game, and then switched over to watch Agents of Shield live. And then Wednesday, I, I actually wasn't feeling well, so I ended up calling in six, so I didn't get to take advantage of it. But then Friday was really nice; we got to hang out, and I don't think we watched any of the game. Just watched random stuff. It was nice. Speaking of loser of the week, I really feel for Agents of Shield. Going against the world too? No, the fact that they had this whole big thing planned with the we're going to get the Agents of uh, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron trailer and it's oh, going to be played during yeah. Agents of <laughs> Shield next week and, and then ouch, ouch on that darn nope. Hydra <laughs> that was the <laughs> best cool. the best tweet ever wasn't even darn was it it was uh, like yeah. a damn yeah. Well, and but, I love but, the fact that they were pulling it down as fast as it was getting posted, and then, and then, and then the tidal wave just Marvel was like, "Okay, screw it. Here's the official trailer." <laughs> <laughs> well, if you cut off one hand, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll still get to watch it with Agents of Shield on Tuesday. Yeah, it'll be old hat by then. But. Yeah, but I, I've how many times have I watched? What do you guys now? think it's, of the trailer? It's good. I liked it. I liked it too. I, I, I like it too. <laughs> I, I, I liked it, and I, I went. 
Wow, this really has that really awesome dark middle chapter thing nailed. It's like Empire. It's going to be so cool. And then I get scared because it's like, oh, I hope we don't lose the fun. Because <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't look like there's much fun in this one. Uh, I think it was purposeful to make it look ominous. And- ominous and unnerving. It's a little bit unnerving, actually. Yeah, that song at. specifically. <laughs> James Spader. This will be the Empire. Oh, and you this can hear be, his This will be this version of Empire. It'll be the darker, more brooding. No, no sign of vision. Not in the trailer, anyway. Everyone else. I look forward to seeing how more what they do more with Quicksilver. I, I haven't been watch, I haven't been reading them, but there's all these posts online about we've dissected the trailer and at the blah blah blah, blah second mark. You know, here's a. Here's the, and why is Captain America time traveling? It's like it's a flashback. Flashback, guys! <laughs> Come on, <laughs> overanalyze. As of yet, I, know, I could be wrong. I haven't seen the movie, but as of yet, I'm pretty sure that we've not been introduced to a character in the MCU that can travel in time. Nope. Having said that, I don't think Captain America's going to time travel in the movie. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say no time travel in Age of Ultron. I could be wrong. I think you're probably pretty solid. Yeah. Right. The, the odds makers in Vegas are probably not taking bets on that one at this point. That's what we should do. We should set up an odds making service, but just all geek stuff. Sure. We could take bets on whether or not Cap is going to die at the end of, of Captain America 3. We could right. take bets on you know, how many seasons is Capaldi going to get as the Doctor. Right. How many seasons is Moffat going to get as a Doctor. Yeah. Probably we, we'd need a math whiz to figure out odds and all that kind of stuff. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not I'm not. I'm not oh, sure there's a What's Hodges calculator on the <laughs> online. <laughs> odds maker. <laughs> Let's not give Matt any more work than he's had this week. <laughs> and that kept us extremely busy. Oh, my. Uh, yes. We're on our new server, folks. Yay. I had to send, like, three emails and two passwords. It was exhausting. It just occurred to me. I don't know how to upload this. <laughs> <laughs> so you might I may be making a call to Matt tomorrow morning. Um, how do I get this to the server now? Congratulations. If you're listening to this, it worked. <laughs> If you're not hearing us right now, it didn't. (laughs) And we're talking to each other. We will Uh, continue to record in the advent that this works. (laughs) We're not going to give up. Did you watch any movies? Um, That's what I was looking for. (laughs) I went here and got distracted. Uh, Did I watch any movies? I want to say yes, but for the life of me, I can't remember if I did. (laughs) I know know what you want to talk about. Um, I can't remember when I watched. We we, we did go back and and pick up back, pick back up on Walking Dead. Oh, did you? Um, because we, that was one. Did, did you start back over? Or pick up at season. No, three? we just went and picked up. And Mel was like, "I want to start back over," and I'm like, "I can recap this for you." <laughs> Carl wouldn't stay in the <laughs> Carl house. Carl wouldn't stay in the house. <laughs> That's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> um, so then, as soon as the the pilot for three or the the season uh, premiere for three started, she was like, "Okay, I remember this. Okay, I remember this." I could, and we were good, except for uh, Andrea. I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot Andrea was off in the." Oh yeah, she met Michonne. The woods with Michonne. Um, but we're three or four episodes in now, and it's picked up so much compared to season two. It's unreal how much quicker the pacing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of really, wow, we, I, I don't, I, I really, really like this show. I don't know why the group just decided to, yeah, I'm done with that one. But um, season two was, man. Well, season two was, was, was slow. 
It was very, very slow, but it's still compelling. And then David Morrissey showed up as the governor. And she was like, that's the guy that was on that Doctor Who episode? And I was like, yep, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is you'll get a chance here in a few weeks. <laughs> oh, is that um, why you added that on? No, I, I was actually going to do. I was actually going to do that beforehand, but then once it came up, I was like, "Ah, oh, serendipity." Um, if I watched a movie for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. So. Mm. My uh, Halloween has gotten Halloween horror movie fest got kind of derailed with getting up early. But <laughs> cheers! <laughs> I did watch. Wait, the, no, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're drinking the bubbly. I did watch uh, John, John Dies at the End, which is kind of... Spoilerish? No, actually. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> well, actually, spoiler alert, he doesn't. What? Yeah. Wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> so you released... It's one of those movies. You released a movie called John Based Dies at the book. End, and he doesn't? When? When? When is Hollywood going to stop lying to us? Uh, it's, it's based off a book, and the book's named that, too. The sequel of the book is called There Are Spiders in This Book. Oh. No, seriously, don't pick it up. I thought the next one was, okay, no, he really dies this time. <laughs> it was written in post, in like kind of installments, and gotten feedback, I think, on Cracked, the website. It's a, a Cracked writer. I better remember book. when that was a magazine. I think it was part of the magazine. Does anybody remember that? I remember that. I loved Cracked magazine. You know what else I liked? Crazy Magazine. It was Marvel's version with Obnoxio the Clown. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't remember Crazy Magazine. So, John Dies at the End is bizarre, but pretty good. <clears throat> Do you guys know the plot of it at all? Not a clue. Apparently so, not, because John doesn't die at the end. So. so, it starts with this guy, not John, who I expected, telling the story to Paul Giamatti in a diner. Okay. And... He there's this rug that lets him see ghosts and demons and things from other worlds. And so he's telling the story about what happened leading up to this point because of this drug. And it turns into this really bizarre alien invasion story. <laughs> it, it has kind of a fight club feel to it because there's a lot of voiceover narration and tonally it's kind of dark. I highly recommend it. It was bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. Slightly funny, but good. So Fight Club meets uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, kind of. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, I, no. I really can't. I don't know what to... Yeah, mix. no. I don't, I don't know what to mix it with. It's so out there. Arisa, it's just bizarre. Arisa, I'm, I'm practicing because Arissa was complaining this week, and she says to me, so let me get this straight. At any pitch that I do for any project, I have to say, it's like this meets this. And I said, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I hate that. I don't want to do that. I was like, get used to it, girl. That's what we got to do now if we're going to make it in this in this biz. It's actually a fair, despite tonally feeling like Fight Club with voiceovers, it really isn't like anything else. It's very its own thing, I think. Um, so I highly recommend it. She, she sent me, I haven't read it yet, I feel bad. I don't know if this, this is the script that she sent me or not. But she says, okay, so stop it, phone. Uh, where'd he go? It's also got, um, I just blanked on his name. The Kruger. In it. The Kruger? 
from Highlander. Oh, um, not the Kruger. Well, the Kr- Krugerin, uh, Kruger. Uh, Clancy. Uh, Clancy Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. from Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah, see, there you go. Well, there's your Buckaroo Banzai crossover. I also, afterwards, while he looks that up. <laughs> my, I'm, I'm, the problem is I'm charging my phone, so it's plugged into my computer. So every time I touch the screen, it thinks I want to do something with the computer. And it's like, uh-huh. no, I just want to look at the text message. <laughs> so then, it, it. since it was kind of Alien Invasion-esque, I went on to watch Slither, which has been on my list to watch for Halloween. That's such, the such a fun movie. <laughs> I love which that one? movie. Slither. Slither. Yeah, you didn't like that. Uh, and then today, Sarah and I watched Odd Thomas. <gasps> it yeah. was good. It wasn't good? There was a lot... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if my enjoyment of it was heightened because I read the book, or yes. I didn't enjoy it as much because I read the book. Yes. <laughs> it's one Both. of those things where I liked it more because I read the book, but I'm disappointed in it because I read the book. <laughs> like There's so much great character development that it could have been a longer movie. Oh, yeah. They, they, there, there needed to be so much more depth of character for Odd... And Stormy specifically. Well, and we Especially didn't get, considering uh, how it ends, you need the gut punch a little bit more. We, we didn't get um, um, Ozzy at Ozzy all. Ozzy was the one scene. Yeah, just, scene. just that one bit. And, and they got Pat Oswald for the one scene. He's brilliant character. Yeah. He could have been in, you could have done a whole movie about Ozzy and I'd have been happy well, with and they, they made mention of his mom, but he didn't go see the, his mom like he did in the book. There's so much stuff that they could have put back in. Um, but otherwise... Aside from what they cut out, they didn't really they didn't change anything from what I remembered. No, there was a couple of little small things that they didn't include uh, that were in scenes. But and Willem Dafoe was awesome. As, he was as, as Anton Yelchin did and a Anton wonderful Yelton was, job. Was so odd. Um, Not odd in a bad way. I don't know if I odd the character. Stormy, when I read the book, this the movie Stormy was cuter than the book Stormy. Well, she had book to be Stormy movie. was more <laughs> steamy. Sexy to me than the movie version was. I hadn't thought of that. You haven't read or seen. Boy, where do we start him? <laughs> I got the book. I think I have the book at home. It's good. It's, it's really good. so good. And and the the boat axe, I thought was really cleverly realized. It's not how I imagined them. It's not how Sarah imagined them, but. I, I liked. I ended up liking it. It's, it's not what I imagined when I read the book, but once I saw them in action, it's like this is perfectly realized. Yeah, it's yeah, very very well done. So I highly recommend that one. That was really well done. I don't know if this is the script Arissa sent me or not, but the pitch that she sent me is: think Short Circuit meets a non-racist Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> That's funny. I'm having trouble visualizing how to pitch that. <laughs> Just like that. Doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I watched anything else. Well, Hot Thomas. Was, Hot Thomas you know. and the two movies and a little bit of the games. Oh, yeah. Saturday night, um, we watched up until the <clears throat> three scores, and then <laughs> I was getting bored, so Sarah was like, okay, let's watch something else. And she had never seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So really? we watched that. How did that go over? She said, what a weird movie. <laughs> there were, she laughed quite a bit during it. But she that was just odd. That was just strange. <laughs> I'm like, yep. And she was like, oh, I get that. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. <laughs> There's a lot of those jokes where she had heard them before, but know where they came from. I don't know if it's one she'd go back and rewatch, but I 
At least you can cross it off the yeah. list now. And say, yep. And she didn't hate it. <laughs> and that's that's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, that's the important thing. She didn't hate it. She may not have loved it, but she didn't hate it. Which, I forgot how the middle of that kind of drags. Really? I thought it... Watching it, I thought it did. Huh. Like, mostly, the Knights who say me show up. And then they leave and go do that other stuff. And that's the, the part I thought kind of dragged a little really? bit. Huh. Wasn't as funny, at least. Um, well, it was... Lancelot's bit, wasn't it? With the king and the... Where he goes in the, yeah. the, the brave but dangerous Sir Lancelot of Camelot. See, I like that scene. It's like, I do, too. I don't know. I just, for some reason, while watching it, maybe I just wasn't... No right singing. That section. No. That no part singing. I like. That, that part, yeah. She was, she was you laughing. You killed 40 wedding guests. Well, I didn't mean to. You didn't mean to. You put your sword through them. Are they all right? Sarah did laugh pretty hard at the at the bunny. <laughs> Which, that was the scene where I was like, I, th- I think she laughed when the bunny shows up. But then when it starts killing people, I don't know if she really laughed at it. But she was laughing. So I was like, okay, good. She, really, she liked Sir Robin. <laughs> and the songs. I think I saw so my armor. I was so scared. <laughs> she liked the little touch of the chicken on his shield. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a lot that she liked, and there was a lot that was kind of like, uh, and the ending, I think she was kind of mystified. That's at. the part that I think honestly drags a little bit, is once they get across the bridge of death, then it's like this huge, epic buildup to nothing. (laughs) And I get it. I get that that's the joke, but it's just like, uh, I could turn this off right now because I know where the gag's going. (laughs) I'm kind of done. Yeah. So that that was it for this week. Uh, Come on, Glenn. Tell us about Riddick. So, no, I haven't. I didn't watch Riddick. You didn't Uh, watch Riddick? I haven't got around to watching it yet. No, because here's what happened. Keith's been going through all these Halloween films and I thought, uh huh. I haven't done that yet. I really, like I, really, away now. I really need to get yeah on par, which I'll really kick into high gear because this week will probably be when I watch Frankenstein, Dracula, all those because that's usually when I wait for Halloween week. But I thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go to Netflix and see what I can find. Your Halloween is the exact opposite of your Christmas. <laughs> I mean, they're both big holidays yeah. for you. Yeah. But Halloween, you traditionally kind of wait until you get to right up. up on yeah. top of it. And then you cram as much into that right as you can. And then the day after Halloween, Christmas, <laughs> Christmas starts. starts. <laughs> and doesn't end until like January 6th. Um, so, <laughs> so I wait. Okay, so I fire up Netflix. I say, I'm in the mood for a, I'm in the mood for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I go to Netflix and I bring up the genres and I go to horror to see what's on Netflix and what my options are. And so as I'm flipping down through horror, it, it starts to categorize them. So one of them is <laughs> movies about werewolves, and one of them is movies about um, zombies, and one of them is movies about vampires. And I thought, I might be in for a vampire movie. So I start clicking across and scrolling through. Netflix's vampire movie selection is yes. not good. Uh, well, there were some good ones in there that I might have watched, but I clicked <laughs> through and I saw... Transylvania 6, 5,000. Oh, I saw your post <laughs> about went, that. I haven't watched that in a long time. <laughs> well, that's not really in the vein. But it's kind of Halloween-y. Okay, click. <laughs> <laughs> I 
haven't watched that thing since I was. That was another one of those HBO staples. Yeah, we always I, talk about. I don't think I've seen that since it was on HBO. I, I, I don't think I had either. So I thought, oh, I, I guess. I and I don't know that I finished it. I think it was one of those that was on right about. after Beastmaster, and then. I, <laughs> and I got to watch. It was one of those ones as, as I watched it. It just all came back to me. And I was laughing. It was late at night. Everybody's in the bed. I'm laughing out loud. It's such a corny movie, but I'm laughing and laughing and laughing. And uh, it's got so many people in that. I mean, it's, I forgot Gina. I totally forgot Gina Davis. I knew uh, Jeff, Goldberg, uh, Jeff Goldblum was in it, and I knew that um, – oh, why is his name escaping me? Ed Begley Jr. was in it. Um, I had forgotten that um, – oh, his name escaped. I'd forgotten Carol Kane was in it. Oh yeah, um, I had forgotten that Richard, uh, oh Kramer, what was what's his name? Um, Kramer from Seinfeld. Oh, uh, um, Michael Richards. Michael, Michael Richards. Richards was in it. I, t- I totally forgotten that was Michael Richards. Um, and then of course uh, Ferris Bueller's principal. Um, I never can remember his name. Either. Jeff Jones. Yes, Jeff Jones was in it. Or Jeffrey. Um, <laughs> so Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones. And so I just I, I just absolutely lapped it up. Loved it. It still it still holds up even though it's, it feels very dated. As far as an 80s comedy, I mean, it's very dated. I think it came out in 1985. Um, but I finished and I was like, that was satisfying. <laughs> what's, what's the vampire one? It was kind of uh, Halloween y. It was like watching Monster Squad. I would watch Monster Squad around Halloween, too. It's what's what's the vampire day. one with. Uh, Frighteners was on there, too. But, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Once Bitten? No, not that one. The other one. Uh, the one with. Uh, Once Bitten's a Horrible 80s. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, One of Jim Carrey's. First. Hamilton. Um, George Hamilton. Oh, love it. First bite. Love it. First bite. Oh, it's I love that, that one. It's that quality yeah, it of the is, 80s it movie. Is. I, can't, I, I need to find that one. That didn't pop up on there, so it must not be on Netflix. But maybe that's what I'll do is I'll just do campy, <laughs> <laughs> campy horror movies until until uh, I get onto my actual Universal right, Monsters we, we watched that. My oh God, it was probably. I think we watched that. Maybe we might watch that one last year for Halloween. And. I laughed and Mel laughed and the kids just sat there like, what are you subjecting us to? <laughs> when he comes in with the gun, <clears throat> one of those like three shots into George Hamilton's chest and he looks down and he goes, silver bullets, that only works on a wearable. <laughs> I love Richard Benjamin. <laughs> oh, yeah. He is so committed to it. He's, he's so going to take Dracula down. He's just, you know. And the harder he tries, the crazier he gets. It's <laughs> just. Man, that's, yeah, that's a good one. I should see if I can find that. I wonder if I can rent that somewhere. I might own that one. I'll have to go well, home and look. if you do, let me know, because maybe I'll do that. Um <laughs> Uh, not much else. I'm working late this week because they've decided to do a Fox show after the World Series to try to get eyes on the news. So we had to do that twice, and it, it went off seamless. It wasn't a Fox show, but it, was, it went off seamless. <laughs> and then um, yesterday, we took the, the kids dressed up, and we took them to Boo at the Zoo, which is our big candy Halloween event at, at our zoo. And they have stations that have candy, and you walk through the zoo, and you collect candy from each of the stations. Of course... Everybody and their dog wants you to sign up for their mailing list. Of, you know, hey, win this uh, iPad or this, you know, season pass to Discovery Center. And we're, we learned a long time ago, you do not sign up for those things because then you get inundated with junk mail. Yeah. And they call you like, hey, you want to buy insurance? You know. So, <laughs> but anyway, that's the kind of thing it is. Um, 
you know, they, they hand out all the martial arts. <laughs> Go to martial arts school. No, give, just give my kid the candy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we did that yesterday. That was a lot of fun. And then... See, I think we did something in the evening, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we just we came home and watched the game, so that was probably that. And then today, we loaded the kids up and took them out to Gary's Berries, out to the Pumpkin Patch, or Fall Festival, yeah. I guess it's called. And uh, had a lot of fun out there. And then tonight, we went over to my uh, mom and dad's house because my niece is celebrating her 10th birthday. It's actually tomorrow, but we wanted to do the party tonight. So we went over there for dinner and, and cake and ice cream and over the gifts. So. Did you make it through the uh, corn maze? No, we didn't do the corn maze because the, by the time that was one of those things where we we're going to kind of wait until the end, which we probably shouldn't have because it's a two mile trek, and the kids were both wearing out and getting tired because they'd just been playing hard on all the stuff. You know, they've got the bounce thing, yeah. all the toys and stuff. You corn climb pit. on the corn pit, <laughs> the uh, corn ball. Did you see that one where you? Oh, uh, we didn't go out there. Corn ball. Oh, I thought you guys went out. There. We went to Myers. Oh, that's right, you did go to Myers. No, they, they had corn ball where they have these big giant like inflatable. They look like a giant round corn on the cob, but they're like beach ball. So you try to hit them back and cross over, over these haystacks. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, but all that kind of stuff. And by the end, we were like, well, should we go to the maze? And the kids were like, we're kind of tired. <laughs> so we are like, all right, we won't go to the maze. Uh, that's about all I did. I don't think I watched anything else. You know, I, I, I caught up on all my shows again, you know, I, which it's amazing that we're this far into the new seasons of everything. And I'm still caught up on all the shows I'm watching. Did you watch so. Constantine? Oh, I haven't watched Constantine yet. Well, no, I saw the pilot, though. Oh, so I have seen that one. Oh, yeah. that we've, that's we've, the only yeah. one that's aired so far, right? Is yes. The the, the, yeah. So I had, and I, I had borrowed Flash and, and Constantine back when we got him for our station. I don't remember you Constantine. Yeah, yeah, Constantine was one of them. Um, okay. So that brings me to do another thing, though. I had a little bit of an epiphany this week, especially mm. as I was watching The Flash. Okay, so you remember, I think it was even two weeks ago, how I was complaining about DC and how they're doing it wrong, and the movie universe is not going to be connected to the TV universe, and then you've got all these different shows on different networks that could not possibly cross over in any sort of way, and I was lamenting that fact again this week, and I went, wait a minute, I'm looking at this all wrong. I'm looking at this as what DC's doing Wrong based on how Marvel's doing their universe, and it occurred to me that I grew up as a DC kid. I, re- I read Spider or Spider <laughs> Superman. No, no, that's not DC. I read S- Superman. Read um, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman from occasion if it was a crossover. Uh, you know, just all of those DC. And I you know, grew up watching the you know Super Friends on TV and everything. And so it occurred to me something. Actually, this is what happened: was I was watching Flash, and I remember back to that kind of that hint to. Spoilers: The Infinite Crisis at the end, where Wells gets up, looks at the computer, and it says the uh, Crisis Project or Infinity Infinity Project or something like that on mm-hmm. that computer model. Okay, yeah. Which I think is a nod to uh, Infinity Crisis. And so I went over and I grabbed my uh, I had my uh, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was the first big crossover event. And what Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earth was was. DC has been around for 75 years now. Even back in the 1980s, they'd been around for more than 50. And so what they did is they had... DC always would create new superheroes, and so you had the Golden Age, the uh, Silver Age, and the Modern Age. Essentially, it was just spans of decades of comics. We had Superman, who had been around for so long that they really kind of rebooted his story or retold his origins quite a bit throughout the years. Yeah. Because they realized you couldn't have a 70-year-old Superman... (laughs) 
still, you know, in, in, in the era that you were in, especially in the modern, modern era. So what DC did in the 1980s is they decided, you know what? Everybody they, and they couldn't they couldn't cut cut the ties they couldn't sever the ties with these old ones so you had s- several versions of uh, the Flash you had so you know, and and they did it sort of right with the Flash because they had I can't remember the original Flash's name that had the Mercury helmet and from the old JLA and then they had yeah. Barry Allen and then they had Wally West and what they decided to do though is because through the course of the years they started creating what were called uh, parallel Earths. So you had Earth-1, Earth-2, Earth-Prime. There were other names for different Earths. But it was essentially what it was was all of these superheroes resided in different universes throughout the DC universe, throughout the, the whole universe as a whole. They all had these own their own, basically, places they lived. It was just the multiverse. And The multiverse, yeah. exactly. That's what it was. They lived in a multiverse. And what DC decided to do with the Crisis on Infinite Earth is they decided, okay, we're going to kind of narrow this scope down. We're going to bring everything together have one crossover crisis so that we can just kind of basically it was house cleaning. They were yeah. going to get rid of a lot of characters that were had splintered off and done all these other things and and we had you know they had all these elseworld stories. And so what they did is they had this one big crossover event where everybody came together and the monitor and and, and the anti-monitor um, were basically brought everything together and it was creating this crisis and and basically had to be solved and I I, I could go as far as telling you how it was solved but I don't want to spoil it. But there's a reason why it's pointed to in the Flash TV series. So they did that, which is wonderful. I loved it. it was, I thought it was a great story arc. And then, of course, DC fell back into old habits, and they tried to do this several times, so they did Zero Hour one time. I think the most recent one was Infinity Crisis that they did. So they could actually Infinity Wasn't Crisis Darkest Night one too. Darkest Night, yeah. That was, sort, the, that was the Green of, Lantern. Yeah, it was. Theme. Yeah, that, that was when Hal Jordan went crazy. Um, but well, it went one step beyond that, where the uh, I haven't read it, but the um, <laughs> it was basically a zombie story because all well, because the black ring the black was. rings uh, restore life to to death or something like that, and so they res- re resurrected all of these dead superheroes and gave them black right. power rings, right. right? And so there was this huge yeah. So it was kind of the way, of course, even like Batman had a ring at one point. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> if there's one guy that needs a power <laughs> ring, it's Batman. I think I was done reading by then, but when all that happened, that was but, more recent. Yeah, I think that was even been within the last five or ten years. Yeah, it has. yeah. Well, Infinity Crisis. The funny thing about that was where Crisis on Infinite Earths decided to narrow everything into one universe and create one Earth Prime. Infinity Crisis decided, hey, we've got all these superheroes that have been banished to death. Let's open this back up and bring everybody back. <laughs> the so they reversed it. But long story short, that's been DC's MO all along. So now, imagine this. Imagine 5, 10, 15 years down the line when we've established an Earth-1 in the cinematic universe, an Earth-2 in the television Earth... Uh, 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 C, let's just call CW Earth-2. And some of the other splinters, and you've got several different... You've got a multiverse now. What if, cleverly, DC down the road brings everything together in one epic infinite crisis event? And so you can have a flash from the movies, movie and universe from the and a flash show. from the TV That's- show and Gotham in another time zone on another network, and you bring everything together. 
I don't think DC and Warner Bros. are smart enough to do this, but if they did, <laughs> it would blow the minds of fans. Yeah. It would Way make more it than so anything Marvel's epic. ever done. It would be so incredible. So actually, thinking along that lines and not being too hopeful that they will ever do that, because I really don't think so, but putting myself in the mindset of the multiverse, I'm actually more accepting of all of this stuff being kind of scattered out. So that was my epiphany this week. That's a good epiphany. Well, yeah. It's a good way to retcon it. Thank you. <laughs> Are you listening, DC Execs? Yeah. I'm sure they listen to our show. You can contact Glenn at travelingthevortex.com. He will give you all the ins and outs of how That's to make right. this work. And I will not I won't even take credit. I'll let you guys make the fans think you you came up with this. <laughs> Paychecks, however, can be directed to Sean yeah. at travelingthevortex.com. Well, I didn't say I didn't want money, I just said I didn't want credit. <laughs> Except for some DC exec will stumble across this, poor cat, this podcast, he'll listen to this one, and he'll go, oh, somebody figured it out. All right, got to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> An emergency meeting yeah. right now at the highest session of the we got one guy on some Doctor Who podcast who's figured all this out. Dang it. And the execs are like, what's Doctor Who? <laughs> it's that other show. Oh. Why are they talking about? Is that a Marvel title? Well, yeah, sort of. (laughs) Why are they talking about her stuff? I don't know, but this is just what they do. (laughs) Something about tangents. If you're just tuning in, well, what did you expect? (laughs) Anything else this week? Anybody? Nope. No, we we rolled up on a twentieth anniversary or twentieth anniversary episode or two hundredth. 20th? 20th? Good lord. Our 20th 10th anniversary. <laughs> yes, this is our well. 20th 10th anniversary. See how I figured that out? Quick. I flunked a math test this week, <laughs> but I figured that out. <laughs> well, I don't know that I flunked it. I'm pretty sure that I flunked it. Let's see it. What best. did I say? Our bison depiversal? Uh, that was so long ago, I don't remember <laughs> the word. Bison depiversal, I think is what I said. Is that correct? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Should have wrote it down. <laughs> I can't remember what I ate for lunch, let alone <laughs> 20 minutes ago. We'll go back and listen to the beginning of this. After all, it's not going to get posted. <laughs> not on our server. <laughs> Some other else's server, maybe, but not on this one. Well, you brought that up again. Now I'm nervous. Dun, all right. Done. <laughs> Should we move on to news? Let's move on to news. Let's move on to news in case Glenn doesn't remember how. <laughs> how do we do news? A little bit no, sad. We'll, do, we'll go ahead and with this podcast in case I do remember how to. In case, <laughs> tune in next time to <laughs> see if we're still on the air. Uh, we're talking about superheroes. I wanted to do more superhero stuff. Uh, yeah, same bat time. Same thing. bat. That's time. the one. Same <laughs> bat channel. I'm done. Go ahead. Bring me down. Some sad news. Don't bring me down, Bruce. Linda Billingham has passed away after a fight against colorectal cancer. If you don't recognize the name, she was a regular in Trial of a Time Lord, playing the Inquisitor. The Doctor's Judge. She lasted an entire season. Yeah. Doctor. Cancer again. It's cancer in one form or another, with all of these actors and actresses that are falling ill. I'm telling you, the Doctor Production Offices. That's why they moved him to Cardiff. Get out of. Uh, <laughs> get out of. Um, well, so this was also colon or, or bowel cancer. So it's a different uh, kind of cancer than it's, it's others. All, it's all cancer. 
Yeah, it's all cancer. So it's the lead line paint in the studio. I'm positive that's what it is. It just manifests in a different way. Depending on the person's genes. Yep. Well, that's too bad. Thoughts, prayers, and meditations to her family. Another bit of news. Not quite as sad as this. Gareth Roberts is no longer going to be writing a City of Death book. <gasps> Author yeah. and scriptwriter uh, announced on Twitter that he's no longer working on a novelization. Uh, instead, the book will be now written by author and former BBC Doctor Who website editor James Goss. James Goss's previous work includes Torchwood novel Almost Perfect, Tenth Doctor audiobook Dead Air, and being one of the first authors to pin a novel for the Twelfth Doctor with the recent The Blood Cell. He also was a producer of Screaming the Shalka and The Infinite Quest. So no word really why Roberts was not going to do it. I, maybe James Goss was just more interested. So here's the thing, though, because... And I haven't read any of uh, James Goss' stuff yet. Yeah. Or listened to the audio. But Gareth Roberts, he wrote Shada, right? Yeah. yeah. In very much the same spirit as the... Uh, episode that was penned by Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. Now we've got City of Death, which everybody by now knows that's penned by Douglas Adams, even though it was written under a pseudonym. I th- really thought that City of Death would be in really good hands with, with Gareth Roberts yeah. because of his track record with a previous um, story by Douglas Adams. So I, 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 I'm not saying that this next guy won't do a good job. It's just it's a little bit scarier now that a I'm, it's 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 I I'm ecstatic they're they're going to continue with the novelization of it, but now it's a little disheartening that we may not get the same style that matched Douglas Adams' I, I, humor and wit. I mean, no disrespect to to Mr. Goss, but I, I go kind of one step further with it that it, it goes from being an event book to just another one to in just line. another novelization yeah, yeah. that you know oh we hadn't got that before big whoop I, and maybe he will know. maybe he'll do it in the spirit of I would hope well, he's I'm, I'm sure do it in the I'm spirit. sure he'll do it in the spirit of the question is although how realistic I, though I shadow know. shadow was more of an event book because it's the unreleased it's yeah because yeah. It, the the episode was never finished and this is probably the closest we'll ever have to a finalized finished episode we had the we obviously had the big finish um, episode of Shada with the Eighth Doctor and Romana, and, and it fleshed out the story pretty much in the same vein uh, as the episode. We've also had the release of Shada with the linking narration by Tom Baker. But to me, Shada the book was really kind of the definitive thing because it lets you into the heads of everybody, which oh, books yeah. do really well mm-hmm. when fleshing a story out. And it stayed in the same spirit as, as the way I believe Douglas Adam would have written it. And so, and, and right down to the fact that um, Gareth even said he used scripts Adam's notes. And, yeah, notes. Yeah, notes in, in the scripts for things that. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. But that was where that was more of a, an event book. City of Death having already been released and just being one of those particular stories that never was novelized, at least by the, well, officially novelized. <laughs> Um, because I think there have been some fan novelizations. Of fan it. novelizations, um, yeah, but never in a then, you know, So it, it, it isn't quite as an event level, but you're right. It would have given it a little more gravitas as an event book, yeah. having Gareth write it. Well, I mean, but it now just, it does feel like for, we're for, just for, kind of in For line. me, because I enjoy Gareth Roberts' writing so much in general, 
you know, plus the, the added bonus of knowing that he can handle Douglas Adams material. It went from being an automatic must purchase to now it's kind of a mild curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see what the guy does with it, but I don't Although, feel like I have to own it. Realistically, it probably went on more of a okay, I'm going to have to check this out now to see if <laughs> it's written in the same spirit to make sure he did a good as job. As Douglas Adams would have done. Here's an interesting thought. I have no, have no information if this is happening or not, just me spitballing stuff, but wouldn't it be interesting if Gareth Roberts took the book of Shada and got permission from Douglas Adams' estate and yada, yada, and they went to BBC and they did a telemovie based on the book <laughs> for, I don't know, an upcoming anniversary date, kind of like, you know, That'd be kinda we, cool. kind of cool. like we got the, the adventure in space and time and we just say, yeah, it's a standalone thing for you. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. I'd be all for that. And we got Paul McGann back. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you listening, Gareth? Right here. Ideas. And maybe he's, uh, he did write a, co-write a story for this season. Maybe he's got his plate too full with Series 9 episodes. Maybe. Could be. Or other original material. Or maybe they've quietly announced that Moffat's leaving and Gareth Roberts is going to be the next showrunner. I was <laughs> thinking that, too. Could be. We're really spitballing things now. <laughs> you heard it here first. All kinds of outside the ballpark. There's going to be rumors all over the internet tomorrow. Gareth Roberts is a new showrunner for Doctor Who. <laughs> there was much rejoicing, followed by, oh, really, that guy? There's a, there's fandom a, was split asunder. There's a call out to all 17 of our listeners that um, we want to make it go viral. <laughs> the Vortex boys have said that Gareth Roberts will be the next showrunner for Doctor Who. That we could hardly be any. <laughs> could hardly be any more wrong than any of those other guys they've been talking about. Hey, at least this person's written for the show before. <laughs> this just in: Eddie Murphy's taking over as showrunner of Doctor Who. What? Don't even say that. He will now work himself into every episode. Don't even say that. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, the BBC America have now announced the Series imagine. 8. <laughs> this is just awful, isn't it? Details for the Series 8 box set, which will be released December 9th. Uh, and it includes some additional bonus features that isn't on the UK version. Oh, really? <laughs> Including exclusive footage from London Post premiere Q&A, exclusive episode commentaries for several episodes, uh... The Foxes Don't Stop Me Now music video. And the, the Deep Breath Live pre-show and after Who Live, hosted by Chris Hardwick, that aired on BBC America before the premiere. Okay, so is it just me? Is, and is a tour of the Before first. and after. Yeah. Is my pulse so far from the... the or my finger so far from the pulse of, of pop music? They made the announcement Foxes was going to be on, a, on the thing. I had no idea who the person was. I didn't either. Well, I didn't know who it was. I, I didn't know that I still don't know who it is. Who is that? I, I, I didn't know it was a who. She I, was that person on the show. Oh, 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 the one that did the Queen cover? The, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't know that it was... <laughs> the one that I got music for last week to put there two weeks ago to put the show. I didn't know it was a her. Foxes. That sounds I like saw a the band, picture of not the a person. person. You know, somebody went around canceling people. <laughs> Joss Whedon's arch nemesis. <laughs> And I'm done. <laughs> Can't top that one. Just move on. 
way to Americanize that. <laughs> I just I felt kind of bad that they everybody made such a big hubbub. I'm not, not like well, the BBC made a big hubbub. Well, yeah, about but I mean, like, um, and she had one shot. Kylie Minogue. I know Kylie Minogue. That's kind of a big deal. Well, she also Foxes had a bigger role. Be, yeah, Foxes might be huge over there, though. She might be one of those. Well, that's, why, that's what I'm asking. Is it just? Yeah. Is, am I so why far removed we get from? It, though, and they don't. If that's the, if that's the is case. she a Billy Piper of pops artists? Did I tell that you we didn't we, know who she was until she started acting? I'm gonna I'm gonna get it and bring it in. Did I tell you guys we got Billy Piper's album at the store? You mentioned it. Ooh. Have you listened to I it? I have not listened to it yet. You should buy it just to put it in your... I want to put it on the Doctor Who end cap, and Matt wouldn't let me at first. <laughs> what are you doing? I forgot that I had taken some pictures I was going to post earlier. Oh. <clears throat> Proceed. You Carry should, on. Well, you put things down and start Nothing to panic and turn towards your computer, I get worried. Nothing to see here. <laughs> it's uh. like we're not going to get this posted or something. <laughs> That is still highly possible. <laughs> I think the episode title of this one should be the episode that never was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not jinx it now. <laughs> that might be going just a little too far. A little too far. I don't know. I just, I, you know, Fox is, oh, wow, she sang. And she didn't even do the whole song. It was you a know. clip. It was just yeah. a, here's a segment. Well, she did the whole song. They obviously well, obviously they did the whole song. But we well, didn't get yeah, to see the whole song. because the, Well, the music video was on posted online. Oh, I, I didn't In fact, that. it had some clips of episodes Future. to come. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I just think it's weird. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. I thought the casting was weird too. When it could have just been any faceless person. That, but maybe over in the UK, she's. It's a gives a good squee. I don't know. Our last bit of news: uh, the BBC is going to release a new children's game featuring Peter Capaldi as the Doctor, called Doctor the Doctor and the Dalek. Uh, going to be written by Phil Ford, aimed at six to twelve year olds, on getting more people into computer coding. Ooh! So those of us that don't know anything about computer coding, <laughs> we can play this game and learn it. I look forward to my six digit salary coming in now. <laughs> yes, because exactly. I'm going to I'm going to learn some computer coding. Thanks to Doctor Who. Wait a minute, is that what you've labeled labeled labeled, labeled? labeled the Doctor and the Dalek? That's what it's called. Great. Kids all around the world will be creating Daleks to take over the earth. <laughs> uh, there's even a trailer or something of that sort to uh, announce it. And Phil Ford also wrote... Um, episodes. Well, but, uh, obviously episodes. <laughs> but, uh, gunpowder plot, didn't he? I... Uh, I was trying to keep it within the game references here. Sorry, dude. I thought maybe you'd know off the I top of your head. Pull it, I do not know off the top of my head. Let me go to was it, or maybe it, was, no, it wasn't Eternity Clock. It wasn't that one. It, um, I don't know. I think he's done several one. of the online games. I could be wrong. Um, I guess one other piece of news. I apologize for not bringing this up. Prior to, did you guys happen to see the post that uh, we linked to on our Facebook page that um, AMC is apparently going to take over the financial that. runnings of, well, partially the financial rights of BBC America. They, took, they, they are now on 49% yes. of BBC America. Uh, Phil Ford wrote a lot of uh, I did, I, games. I, 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 don't, I don't... I don't even... No, I don't know. <laughs> does Very it mean, eloquent. I don't, I don't know what to... Does it mean anything? Well, I don't know. That's just it. I don't know what to think about that because... Eh, I mean... It's just a network running another network is all it is. I don't it's know. Not gonna, of. I don't I think mean, it's going to affect Doctor Who any either. So. No, I, th- I think more than anything, it was done to kind of give because AMC has Walking Dead, 
and BBC America has Doctor Who. Well, and, and Orphan Black. And Orphan is Black. But it's, 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 they have Doctor Who. <laughs> and I think it gives AMC now a little more push with the cable providers who are gobbling up everything. And, well, you know, when, and, when they can and, say, and hey, it, look, we've got these two shows now. And I think mm-hmm. it adds a little bit more weight and puts better attention to BBC America, especially since they've been creating their own content for okay. a little while yeah. now. Yeah. So I, and that well, the, not as much as you'd think. Most of BBC America's programming has been but, but reruns they, but of they other shows. Have, but they do have they do have original Intruders content. is a new show that just started. Uh, Copper, I think, was a BBC America show. Obviously, so, the aforementioned Orphan Black. Orphan Black. So, so they they're starting and and ABC or AMC take buying part of the company could help them develop even more original. Right, because AMC's got a pretty good track record going between Walking Dead and Mad Men and um, yeah. Uh, Whatever else was on Breaking that Bad was on AMC, wasn't it? Was it? Wasn't it? Yeah, Breaking Bad was on AMC. Yeah, okay. So, so Breaking Better Bad. Call Saul is going to be on AMC. Yeah, so they've, they've got a pretty good track record there of that. So. Mm, just another reason for them to make more money. Yeah. Monopolized cable it's television. A, it's a business deal. I doubt we'll see much of a difference. You um, said Phil Ford did write several. He wrote City of the Daleks, Blood of the Cybermen, Shadows of the uh, Vash and and the Gunfighter Plot. Okay, so he's done... Five games now. All of them. The, not all of them. Well, Eternity Clock wasn't on there. But that's not a, an online only. Yeah, I don't know how many other ones there were. Though. These are all the ones that were on the, the website, right? Oh, well, they were downloadable. Oh. PC games. Okay. And apparently available to play on a TV with a remote, according to the Five-ish Doctors. His kids were playing the game on there. Didn't look like... It was Amy they were playing, so it didn't look like a Eternity Clock. I assume in the UK they can play it differently. I think they just made that up. <laughs> you think so? I think it just needed to be, hey, we need a Doctor Who game that's not a classic Doctor game. Okay. Yeah. That's my guess. Aww. <laughs> it keeps disappointing now. Do you, do you know what it was? It was Metroid. <laughs> Because if you get far enough along, Samus takes the helmet off, and, and she's Amy. got red hair. So it's Amy. It's Amy. <laughs> Ooh! Did you post that? I Instagram? did. It's on Instagram. The I like, oh, I can't like it from your thing. phone. <laughs> Go ahead. It might look weird. If Glenn liked his own photo. <laughs> yeah. well, well, you that did do that. <laughs> it was an instant <laughs> like. But Keith hasn't liked it. No. Just the one photo, not the second one. Well, Keith's kind of up. I had to scroll down, down to it. Yeah, I guess that was before that. Again, talking about things that listeners cannot see well, right now. However, if you go way. to uh, Instagram, <coughs> well, I, I've been working on our my. Th- that, that's This is actually where my office used to be, but now that I have the Mac laptop, I'm upstairs with it most of the time. The office has kind of become... In fact, we, we sized storage. Well, no, we sized down the desk because we're making more of it. Because Holly scrapbooks, but she's always had this little tiny corner of the room, and so several months back, we we kind of exp- she got stuff for Christmas last year, but we finally got out and put up their they're like organizing shelves and stuff that are specifically for scrapbooking supplies, and we've been extending her part of it because she needed more area to work, which understandably so, and so I kind of consolidated down in the corner, but the walls are kind of mine. So she didn't need anything up on the walls except for one shelf on her side of the mm-hmm. thing. And so I kind of started consolidating my uh, Doctor Who photos, and I thought, well, I, I just need to kind of bring all of my Doctor Who stuff and start putting it up here. So I had bought that poster that you pointed me in the right direction at Vintage Stock, got it framed. And then I, I 
kind of redid that wall where you see the, the uh, right now I've got just Doctor Who photos. In fact, there's one missing that is, well, there's two because I can't find my Daphne. But uh, there's another one that I haven't got up, but it'll probably go on the other side of the Daleks. I'll do another row down that side of the poster. Mm-hmm. So, but what good. I've done is I've I've arranged um, some of my favorite autograph pictures around the clock that I got for Christmas last year, which is in the center there, and then the Dalek poster on the left hand side. And it's coming along. I got a lot more to do. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put a shelf up for some of my figures that'll be further to the left or to the right of the photo above a, a cabinet that I've got sitting there. Um, but I just I don't do much down there on that desk anymore. But I, I needed a place for all of my Doctor Who stuff, so I'm just that's going to be kind of where it all goes. So that looks cool. Yeah, it looks really it's, good. I was happy. And the wood paneling kind of gives it that you know yeah, well, fourth Doctor wood All of this is going to come down. The wood paneling is going to get probably painted. Uh, it'll still be wood paneling, but at least have color against it, and then go back. But that that's going to be down the line because we've got a lot of the painting projects to do. So I wanted to get this stuff up and out of the way so it didn't get broke or smashed or anything. Sorry, good. I derailed us again. That's it for news. Oh, so I did it at the end. Thanks for derailing us. Yes. <laughs> What's after news, Glenn? Feedback. In the middle, in the middle, in the forest of the night, I go walking after sleep through the jungle of doubt. To the forest so deep I know I'm searching for feedback Feedback so undefined That it can only be read By these eyes of mine In the forest of the night Yeah, you get a chorus and everything now (laughs) I'm not sure about life after this, Missy's not much of a spiritual man. Baptized by solar flare, I wade to the forest that runs to the promised land. See what I did there? In the forest of the night, I go walking after sleep. Through the reveal of truth, to the forest so deep. We're at the end of the season, only two left to go. We're all carried along by this week's show in the forest of the night. You guys can feel free to sing along at this part if you want. We're just going to fade it out now. So. In the middle of the, I go walking in the, in the middle of the, I go walking in the, in the middle of the, I go walking in the, in the middle of the, I go walking in the, in the middle of the. Yay! Bravo! There's a 200th anniversary treat there. And special props to James, who suggested that. Oh, oh thank yeah. you, James. At about 6 o'clock this evening. <laughs> <laughs> a little crash course in writing. <laughs> Yay, Sean. Nice job. Our first bit of feedback is a bit of audio from Dr. Phil. Let's give it a listen. Happy 200th episode to everyone at Traveling the Vortex. Hey, it's Dr. Phil. Just wanting to wish you guys a very happy 200th. And to 200 or many hundreds, many more in your future. 
Hey, I just wanted to send in some feedback on the latest Doctor Who episode. I, The Force of the Night, you know, I really wasn't a big fan. And you know, I'm totally making this up because I'm sending this in early so I don't miss getting it in for your 200th episode. So I totally made that last bit up. Really excited that uh, Keith is diving into Gallifrey. The first season is kind of kind of like uh, 2005 Doctor Who. There's, a, there's some small threads going through. But after that, it's really season arc heavy for seasons two and three and then after that. But um, highly recommend it. You're going to enjoy it. And um, I won't give anything away. But, but, um, but I definitely want to hear what you have to say when you get to the end of season one. A series, season, oh, who cares? Um, anyway, the... Um, yeah, I did. I did post some stuff about Amadeus from two episodes ago. But really enjoying your discussions on um, Flatline right now while I'm sending this in. And I would have so already um, donated for your patron page, but yesterday I totally smashed a glass table top, and so there goes. So at some point there'll be some money to uh, to, to send in to support the podcast. But anyway, um, highly endorse it. I think everyone should, and myself included, should support Traveling the Vortex and. Um, Anyway, just thought I'd send in a little feedback. And, um, and Keith, enjoy the, the double header of 2K9s. And, um, and I think Ramana and Leela. Although, you know, listening back to Zagreus, um, it's a good start. I'm not exactly sure I really buy into Louise Jameson's uh, portrayal of Leela in Zagreus. But everything she's done for Big Finish since then has been absolutely um, fabulous. So, you know, you got to start from somewhere. And... Um, and I'm one who has a soft spot for Zagreus because I, I listened to that one early on in my uh, big Finnish fandom. So anyway, um, reminds me I need to get my iPod fixed so I can sit down and listen to all of Gallifrey again. I try to do all of Gallifrey once a year because I really, I think the, the Lala Ward and Louise Jameson are both great contrasts for each other. And, um, and since we lost Linda Bellingham to cancer, the Inquisitor, or in Gallifrey, as you'll notice, Keith, uh, Inquisitor Darkel, she gets a name in the Gallifrey audios, um, that maybe now is a really good time to be listening to those audios because she plays a large role in, um, in those. And um, Gary Russell had mentioned a lot about the West Wing, but that the, the idea of doing a Gallifrey series goes back to, I think Graham Williams had the idea after Invasion of Time of setting an entire season series of uh, Doctor Who on Gallifrey and that he abandoned that idea um, in favor of the key to time. So it's kind of neat that Gary Russell kind of um, grabbed that up um, for Big Finish to use that there with a mixture of all the political, um, you know, gaming that goes on in the West Wing. Anyway, you're in for for a treat. Um, So anyway, you guys have a good one. Sorry to ramble on a bit and happy 200th again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Dr. Phil. You all heard it here. Dr. Phil says, give us your money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did start the next uh, Gallifrey, but I have not finished it yet. So I'm in the middle of it. Uh So I'll give my two cents when I finish it. I guess I just won't put them on the schedule then. (laughs) You're reading ahead. Go ahead. Put them on the schedule. I guess I can pause. (laughs) They won't be on the schedule through the end of the year. How about that? I can make I can make that commitment for you. They're so good. I listened to all of them last week. So did you really? Yeah, I just didn't want to bring it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although it was on a big finish kick there for a while. Wasn't it? Well, then I guess I won't tell you that I did listen to them all last week. So. <laughs>
I'm not going to step into that bear trap. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and keep quiet and well, let's sip just my review Coke them, Zero. Since we've all read, we've all listened to the first one. Let's go ahead and review it at the end of the. Okay, so there's Gallifrey and there's political intrigue. And it's kind of like Game of Thrones without all the swords. It's awesome. <laughs> there's a few other things. And no weddings. <laughs> Four you have to wait. Thank you, Phil. We sure appreciate it. And thank you for the wishes on the 200th episode. And. Um, Good luck with the rest of us. The rest of us reviewing Flatline. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, 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 I'm curious to know what the story is behind the glass table, though. I am a little bit too. It sounded like you were driving, Phil. <laughs> I got. No, I got. No, I got to express no, my concern. No. Not only <laughs> was he driving, he wasn't driving this time. He was recording feedback because that's what we're always concerned. He's always driving. I think he was recording feedback. He's like, I'm going to play it safe this time. I'm not going to drive while I record feedback. And he started to record his feedback for this show, and he had an unfortunate accident with the glass table. (laughs) That's good. But in my head, you know that scene in the movie where there's a car chase going on? And then it cuts to that random side street, and the two guys are carrying the pane of glass across the street. <laughs> Only in this case, it's a big, giant glass coffee table. And here comes Dr. Phil. <laughs> that's how, it, in my head, that's how it went down. Oh, that's good, too. I like that. <laughs> and apparently, Dr. Phil drives a really Poor. fast ZR7 or something. Dr. Phil. Yeah, we actually make him sound like he's a bad driver. No, he's not. He hasn't wrecked a car recording yet. So. <laughs> Well, that, listening and laughing that, that, that we're aware of, or, or listening to us and laughing and running off the road. It's totally our fault. He's not. A, he's not a bad driver at all. We're just <laughs> such a distraction. We, so our podcast should come with a warning label. Is what it is. <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loud because Doctor Phil could turn around and sue us for not having a warning label on there, and that would hurry. Add one to the disclaimer <laughs> on the website. <laughs> uh, go ahead. He won't get much. How much is in our Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> Before you sue us, Phil, though, go ahead and send that uh, contract. <laughs> Actually, if he sues us, then he'll have money to send. So. <laughs> I, I figured out your scheme, Dr. Phil. <laughs> We're wise to you. Oh, lordy. All right, let's move on. Lots of other feedback. First up, next up, Mark. Well, we already had a first up. We had a first up. First up in non-audio form. I am the very model of a modern major feedbacker. <laughs> You didn't sing it. I I, I kind of did. I am the very model of a modern major feedbacker. See? That's all you had to do. Hi, guys. I wanted only yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Can we read his whole... No. No. It seemed only yesterday that you guys were discussing how to celebrate your 50th anniversary. Sigh. I'm getting old. Believe it or not, Mark, we're still discussing how to celebrate our 50th anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) And every anniversary since then. This hasn't quite come together yet. We're working on it. Maybe for 250th. We'll, we'll get, there <laughs> we'll get a good idea. <laughs> we'll actually have an idea ahead of time. But wait till you wait. Just wait till we release the 50th anniversary director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's what we're going to do for the 250th. <laughs> we reached back in the vault. We figured gonna, out how to do the 50th. We're going to pull a Casey Kasem and. <laughs> Going all the way back in the vault this week. Uh, I thought I'd put today's feedback into a poem for absolutely no good reason. But it happened, and here it is. Traveling the Vortex. 
Twas episode ten when I climbed aboard, preceded by feedback gone, not gone, uh, not gone, ignored. Quickly, quickly, it became a podcast unbeaten, from tangents of light bulbs to Will Wheaton. <laughs> many hours, I many hours spent. I can't do the math, but less screams have been caused by the Merca's wrath. <laughs> Thanks to Keith, Glenn, and Sean, spelt like the sheep. <laughs> Sorry, I've been both entertained and put to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not to say their discussions are boring. Quite often, thanks to repeat, I've woken up to them on a Tuesday morning. You've been, you've, you could have at least brought me a drink first. (laughs) Lots of love going. (laughs) Bravo. Mark for that uh, poem. It was very beatnik, so I was doing the snaps. You don't get it. Do I, I get it. I oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was of all of us, I think he has more coffee street. Uh, <laughs> coffee, <laughs> coffee, coffee house coffee house credit. And I am bohemian. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots of love going your ways and celebration of your 200th episode. I have lots of catching up to do on your show, but I never fall behind on listening for long. All the best, lads. From Mark McMarmite. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Mark. Lovely poem. We should post that somewhere. Yes, we should. If only we had a place to post that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to print it off and hang it on my fridge. (laughs) (laughs) See if you could do that in your refrigerator poetry. Move all the words together. I don't think I have some of these words. (laughs) Podcast is going to be a tough one. (laughs) Pretty sure. Light bulb. Uh, I don't know about that one. Keith Glenn and Sean. Murka. <laughs> Murka, yeah. No, 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 Murka's in the set. Oh, is it in yeah, the set? It's in there. <laughs> Ooh, set I have. That's what we should do for our Patreon members. We should get a flat magnetic board and we'll cut it up and we'll write Doctor Who words on it. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who poetry. Doctor Who, Doctor Who magnetic poetry. Because that'll like be a huge callback to the I nobody like who submitted their Doctor Who poems <laughs> when we did that one. <laughs> Uh, All of our listeners are uncultured swine. Nobody submitted a poem with that. <laughs> I try, and I work, and I slay, but nobody wanted to play along with that game. Second chance, listeners. <laughs> here, here, here's one listener that's not uncultured swine, Holly. She has our next feedback. Holly writes, happy 200th episode. Hey, guys, first off, congratulations on 200 episodes. I'm still having trouble saying it. It's 200 episodes. It's a mouthful. Lots of great memories, that's for sure. Here's to another 200. Thank you, Holly. In the Forest of the Night, I enjoyed this episode. We get to see Danny and Clara in their roles as teachers and the doctor interacting with... Now, how is this pronounced? I, could, I thought it was Maeve. Maeve. Like Maeve with a V, but it's not, apparently. Maeve. 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 Mabe. Mabe. With the little girl at first was just a touch brass. <laughs> but he was the one to realize that she also knew that something was going on. All of the kids working together to help out was nice, and the mall in the TARDIS touching the console was probably one of the doctor's nightmares come true. Love Danny's talk with Clara at the near end of the episode. We see Missy again. I'm wondering if she didn't have something to do with the solar flares in the trees. Hard to believe that next week we're heading into the two-part finale. It's been quite the ride. 
I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. And thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Mabe. Mabe. Mabe? Mabe. Mabe? Mabe. Mabe. I can't say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was Mave with a V. That's what I thought, too. And then I saw it spelled out. And I'm like, but everybody's spelling it with a B-H. And I'm like, who is this? Per- oh, Mabe. really? Mabe? Mabe. 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 B-V? <laughs> B-V. No, not, not Mabe. But Mabe. Mabe. Shouldn't it be Mabaha? Mabaha. <laughs> Capaldi? <laughs> you got that one. <laughs> I have a U in my name. I'm well aware that I have unusual spelling, but B H? Oh, she's Welsh. That totally explains it. Mabe. Mabe. <laughs> Up next is Megan, who spells her name correctly. <laughs> I have a sister named Megan, so I can weigh in on this. Megan writes. <laughs> See, there's no H there. That means it's spelled correctly. Official Traveling the Vortex decree from this day forward to the end of this podcast, all of our listeners shall have an H placed at the end of their names. <laughs> Megan writes, hey guys, happy oh. 200th ep- Oh, right, I can't. Okay, okay, I'm sure subject line. A subject line. There is? Oh. You don't look a day over 100. Oh, thank you. Hey, guys. Happy 200th episode. I just wanted to thank you three so much for consistently putting out such an entertaining podcast. I always look forward to hearing your thoughts on the episode, after many a tangent, of course. And you have helped me get through many a commute, so thank you. I missed last week, so I'll give you my thoughts on Flatline. Quickly give you my thoughts on Flatline. It was pretty good. Well, thank you for Thanks, giving us Megan. those. No, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, there's more. <laughs> I think that I'm more. Oh, wait, quick. no, this is an important part. I think I'm more in line with Glenn on this one. It was a good episode, <laughs> but I, I wasn't I blown away by it like a lot of, like lots of people have been. Maybe it's because I liked the prior two episodes so much. This one was a bit of a plateau for me, which is totally fine. Doctor Who doesn't need to be the best episode ever every week. That would be ridiculous. That would be a ridiculous expectation to have. <laughs> Side eyes some of fandom. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Things I really did like the special effects of the melting coach and the two D zombie thing. Couch. Couch. Sorry. Um, oh, no, it is coach. I think she meant couch. I think she meant couch. Yeah, I think she did too. Unless the coach melted and I missed that. Huh? <laughs> I, I got. Didn't, a- I didn't see correcting Nelson in it. <laughs> I got a very Way to Americanize that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a very stop motion vibe when I really appreciate, oh, which I really appreciated and found very unsettling. The tiny TARDIS and the Tudis jokes were wonderful, and yeah, I laughed at the Adam Adam family a bit. <laughs> Adam's family bit. I don't know, I can't have a term right. I can't just talk words that aren't. <laughs> no words come. Talk papers. <clears throat> <laughs> Heartbreak speech. (laughs) There's nothing about the episode I specifically didn't like, an irritating continuity error aside, and yet I still came away with a meh feeling toward it. 
Not sure why. Maybe I need to rewatch and see if my opinion changes. Even so, I still think the episode continued the strong run Series 8 has had. I'm, I'm intrigued. Well what's said, the, Megan. What's the irritating continuity error? I'm assuming it's a production continuity, not a show continuity error. Megan, let us know. I'm trying to remember back now. I don't remember continuity error. But I liked it. Continuity error aside. Yeah, you, Megan, you might have to redirect let us. Let us know. We may have even talked about it last week. <laughs> that Which, was then. This is now. Which brings me to In the Forest of the Night. I swear, I sat there thinking about what I was going to say about this episode, and all I could think about was the next time trailer for Dark Water. And I think that sums, up my, that sums my feelings up. This was a filler, pure and simple. Not a lot happened, no monsters, and not enough character development to wa- warrant such a plotless story. Granted, Danny got some moments to shine and Clara's line has been outed, which is nice. And the one thing I really appreci- appreciated was the doctor saying the line, Clara said to him and kill the moon. It's my world too. I walk your earth. I breathe your air. Absolutely wonderful character development and proof that the Doctor is in fact learning from Clara. This is probably the low point of the series for me. It wasn't terrible or anything, and nothing about it offended me, like low points in other seasons have done, but it was a bit boring, if I'm being honest. The next time trailer, though, wow, I'm not even going to try to speculate. I'll just end up looking like a moron. I'm just going to sit back and watch the madness ensue as the madness ensues. I can't wait. Megan. P.S. So how about the Age of Ultron trailer? Is it May yet? Oh well, at least we've got Doctor Who still for two more weeks. Sad sigh. Did we talk about all the Avengers trailer on line or on, on, on show or did we talk about that, that, that when that we were doing show. our meeting? It was on show. It was on show. Okay. Wait, this show? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, the other podcast we record before uh-huh. this that the flicks with friends, yeah, that nobody hears. <laughs> the one we don't have a server for, right? <laughs> no server for that one. Seven hundred episodes of that one sitting in the bag, and we can't even release it. Some of them are going to be so dated. Some of the things we said in this podcast are already dated. So this week, we're by review- this point in the podcast, <laughs> this week we're reviewing Con with the Wind. <laughs> That new film from that Zelnick guy. Thank you, Megan. Up next is Brittany. Brittany writes, A message from the promised land. Maybe. Hey, boys, it's been a while since I sent in some feedback, and I I have many excuses, but the main one is that canine ate my emails. (laughs) Good excuse. This is just a quick message saying, Congratulations on your 200th anniversary. You guys continue to be one of the highlights in my life. Please keep up the amazing work, and here's the 200 more episodes. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Sorry for the short message. Hopefully my next one will be sooner rather than later, and be about Doctor Who. I will say that I'm really enjoying Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor. I've also enjoyed all the stories of this series so far, but as I type this, I have yet to see In the Forest of the Night. That. You were going to sing that, weren't you? <laughs> <Now> <laughs> in the forest of the <laughs> Every time I see that thing, here now, it's going to be... Score. From here on out. That's it for now. Once again, congratulations, Brittany. I'm not going to read her P.S. because it didn't look weird. 
Or B.S. If this email looks weird, it's because I am typing it on a stupid smartphone. Oh, <laughs> well, Brittany, be assured it looked fine. It looked fine. <laughs> Thanks for not reading that out to her. <laughs> he looked at me like, why are you reading the P.S.? Well, I, I, I hadn't read ahead. I didn't know. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. Up next is another five-ish fangirl. This is three out of five now. Chrissy. Chrissy writes, The Jungles of London. See, I read the titles of the things. <laughs> subject lines. The subject. Thank you. The subject lines. I don't just skip over them and get oh, right to the meat of it. Oh, these have subject lines on them. What's a subject line? 200 episodes in, we've just discovered this. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, after listening to Sean's road trip stories and Glenn's discussion of in-car entertainment, can I just talk for a minute about my own road trip experiences and why I fully support having a DVD player in the car? Many, many thousands of years ago, most of the western United States was covered by a humongous lake called Lake Bonneville. It drained into the Pacific Ocean at some point, leaving behind the Great Salt Lake and the Bonneville Salt Flats. You may have seen these salt flats in movies such as Independence Day and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. In fact, go watch that scene of Jack Sparrow trapped in Davy Jones' locker and hallucinating about the rock crabs carrying the Black Pearl. Look at all that expanse of whiteness and nothing but whiteness. Now, imagine driving the highway that goes through all of that for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) There are no plants, no animals, no interesting rock formations to look at. Just salt flats reflecting the sun right back into your eyeballs, making you go crazy. There is a town called Wendover on the Utah-Nevada border where you can stop and eat and get lost in the casinos because you're too darn sick of staring at a whole bunch of white nothingness. (laughs) And you don't want to leave what passes for civilization out on the salt flats. There is nothing wonderful or pretty about it. Maybe for the first five minutes it's okay, because it's not sagebrush. But after an hour, you're done with this landscape. (laughs) When I was a kid, we drove the stretch of highway between the ranch where I grew up and where my grandparents lived countless times. And it was the most boring thing in the world. I think the only thing more boring than the drive between Wendover and Salt Lake City was the drive across northern Nevada, where it is really nothing between the Utah-Nevada border and Reno. (laughs) On those trips, I would have done anything to be able to watch a movie in the car. I did read a lot in the car, but those are some twisty and windy roads that make it that prospect a little too harsh on the tummy greatest day in my young life was when I got a portable CD player so I could at least listen to my own music on those long drives. So yeah, I'm not buying the (laughs) see the glorious landscapes of America argument because it was pretty dull and insanity inducing. The location scouts for Pirates of the Caribbean chose well for that scene. I guess it could be worse. It could be Florida with its interminable greenery that makes you feel like the trees are closing in and going to strangle the life out of you. (laughs) After I left Jacksonville and came back home to the desert, sagebrush never looked so good. Or maybe that was just the jet lag. Either way. It's funny, because I know exactly the road she's talking about in Florida. (laughs) And she is 100% right. I've not been through the salt flats, but she is 100% right about the foliage in Florida, man. It's like, you stop looking for gators because you're worried the trees are going to get you. Interesting. I thought I had it bad with <laughs> miles and miles and miles of the same looking farmland. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, once you get into the desert, western Kansas is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and just a side note, since she brought it up, I have a, a friend who has a really interesting theory about Pirates of the Caribbean. That specific scene where Jack's going nuts, and he's looking around and he sees all the other Captain Jacks, and he's interacting with them. My friend doesn't think that that's the effect of the desert or being dead in the David Jones locker. He thinks Jack's like that all the time. <laughs> that Jack just sees other, you know, other aspects of his personality, which explains a lot. Because if we go back and watch the first movie, Johnny Depp does this a lot, where he's he's twitchy and he's looking at things that maybe are not there. there. Yeah. And we finally got in on the joke in the third movie. I don't know, maybe. Hmm. Chrissy continues. Enough road trip talk. Let's talk about the mysterious forest popping out of nowhere. In the forest of the night. I almost wanted to say it. <laughs> in the forest of the, the night. I liked parts of this story. And there are parts that I'm mostly indifferent toward. I feel like this was a short story that they had to stretch out time to make it a full 45-minute episode. Like putting in the scenes of the Dr. Clara Danny and the Coal Hill school kids getting attacked by zoo animals. I did like... Let's see, she's got a V in it. Maeve. As a one-off companion. She was much more likable than Courtney. What? Wait, <laughs> you said it. Maeve. 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 She was much more likable than Courtney or even those kids in Nightmare and Silver. If the doctor ever has a child companion, I vote that he goes back for Maeve. <laughs> I continue to like Danny and Clara's relationship, how Clara has finally had to tell Danny the truth about traveling with the doctor, and while he was upset about her lying to him, he also recognizes that her travels are part of what makes her someone her cares about and loves. He cares about and loves. I felt like that confrontation, for lack of a better term, was a mature response for both of them to take in this situation. I like that they didn't have this big, huge blow-up when the truth finally came out, because that would have just been too cliche and easy. Lots of relationships in fiction have the great big fight, and while that certainly does happen in real life, the opposite also happens in real life, and it's nice to see here. The rest of the episode, yeah, I really didn't care one way or the other. I do think it's a little weird that they were going to burn the trees down to clear them, but instead of trying to cut them down, do they not have chainsaws in the UK? But I guess that was key to figuring out the trees were actually trying to do in protecting the Earth from the solar flares. It's an okay episode. I didn't hate. I didn't love it. The pieces were good, but not enough to make it, oh my god, the best episode ever! It's just kind of there. I have no strong feelings about it one way or the other, which is probably okay, since the finale looks like it's going to be a barn burner. We needed a calm-ish story before the end. That's all for my review. Just wanted to put out a reminder for people to vote in the book club poll for what we're reading next month. The discussion so far this month has been pretty good. And I'll talk to you all later. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. And a reminder to our listeners that we do have a book club, which you can find over at Goodreads, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can see how frequently I get over there at school. Uh, and that Chrissy is doing a wonderful job as the matriarch librarian of the Goodreads page for Traveling the Vortex, and thank you to Chrissy for doing that. If it makes it any easier, there is a link on our homepage as well. So go vote and pick out a book for next month. And Chrissy, I think we'll get into our feelings on In the Forest of the Trees here in a moment. But first, Odd Duck Phil. Phil writes, looking for a subject line. Aha. Comet question, question, comet. Mirka, interrupt us. Scorby, 
Grumpy Bear, Dive, Space Buffalo, and Hamakavula. <laughs> had to give that one a show. Yeah. Oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay, this is the word we're going to use. Happy by by I think is what I said. I think it's what you said. Happy by and I can't read it now. By centipiversary. Yeah. By centipiversary. Who begins? Happy by centipiversary. Two beacons. Thank you, Phil. I didn't even read that. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm in. I'm in tune with Phil this week. This is crazy. This never happens. All right, except for when I um, hang on. I'm tweeting a picture on. of the word. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Talk about your serendipity. Wow. Glenn invents a word. That's awesome. And then it turns out Phil's already beaten him to it. <laughs> he goes on to say, "No idea if that's a real word. <laughs> it is now, I guess." <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Uh, he writes, "Thank you for 199, 175. At the least, 15 good <laughs> solid episodes." <laughs> Fifteen, really? That's kind of high. <laughs> Kidding, of course. This is coming from someone who admits to re-listening old, to old episodes. We have a better track record than Lost. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. It has been an absolute blast listening. Didn't get to 200 episodes. <laughs> it has been an absolute blast listening not only to your thoughts on current and classic Who, but various pop culture phenomena and even everyday life. Here's hoping you don't jump the Merca and make a 200 clip show. <laughs> We did that back in a hundred. <laughs> we tried to do it on a clip show. We, but wait, 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 wait. None of us can remember any good bits from previous episodes. Just wait till the 100th anniversary uh, director's cut comes out because that'll be for episode 300. I know I've read this, but I'm going to reread that line because it's crafted very well and I laughed through half of it. Here's hoping you don't jump the Merca and make 200 a clip show. Uh, That's still funny. <laughs> I hope that this special occasion warrants a photo-giraffic... Wait, what? <laughs> warrants a photo-giraffic pimento of festivities. I'm betting Glenn's the only one to get that. A photo-giraffic <laughs> pimento. I didn't even get it. A pimento? Photographic pimento. pimento. Photo-giraffic pimento. Photo-giraffic pimento. It's photographic Memento is what the actual words would be, but I don't know why they would be changed to photographic. Did he anthropomorphize that word? Uh, I bet he did. (laughs) Oh, Keith looked that up. I'm Googling it. All right. One, assorted. Clever boy. One, assorted who's stuff from Odd Duck Phil's Week. So, my mom is in town, and after the kids went to bed, she and my wife were discussing Christmas presents. My wife is using Amazon for the grandparents to see all the potential gift ideas. My mother then asked, which kid is the Doctor Who light and sound cookie jar for? I thought, hmm, Xander hasn't watched starting, <laughs> hasn't started watching, and Samantha's two. Two? Oh, two. <laughs> me, it's for me. <laughs> And looked up to see the Christopher <laughs> fallen look on my wife's face as the surprise was ruined. <laughs> I could just picture her face. Uh, oh. <laughs> Who's getting the light and sound TARDIS cookie jar? <laughs> well, oh, oh. 
<laughs> he goes on to say, now I fear I won't be getting it. Sad face. <laughs> also at work, I saw a couple with a nine-year-old playing around with various trash cans. They had a round top from an indoor can on top of an, out, an upside-down large outdoor can, and I distinctly knew what they were up to. That's a Dalek costume you're working on, isn't it? Parents and child all lit up with excitement at meeting a fellow Who geek, and we gra- and we gabbed for ten minutes about the show, past costumes, Joker and Mandalorian armor, and ideas for this one. He waited until two weeks prior to Halloween to choose, and the crunch was on. They did promise the next time they'd stopped in, they'd show me pictures of how it turned out. Incidentally, they're not big Clara fans. <laughs> well, you, you know, if they if they give you pictures and they they allow it. Uh, Send them to us if they yeah. allow it, because we'd like to show them on the show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Two, the forest of the night. In the forest of the night. I enjoyed it. <clears throat> My only issues were the poor effects of the fire, tiger, and wolves, and the whole sister hiding at the end. I knew she was going to come back and all, but that was just, I don't know. I didn't care for it. If you're going to throw in a lost sister into a story, at least wrap it up better than that. Small issues aside, I really had fun with this one. If New Who is ever going to have a child companion on the TARDIS, Capaldi, Capaldi is the doctor to pull it off. He bounced effortlessly from Don't Touch That, Curmudgeon, to Clueless Caretaker. Mabe Arden. No, he spelled it M A M A I B B. Mabe Arden. Are you Mabe Arden? Arden? Capaldi's almost all-knowing genius and his inability to really grasp children is an endearing and wonderful quirk. I would have to agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I made the mistake of reading a few comments in various reviews about how people hated the kids and I did not and I did not get it at all. They were great. They had great lines and executed them flawlessly. Ruby's ex is right there and there wasn't a forest and now there is. Nothing surprises us anymore. Stand out among several other fantastic, really funny quips. And Danny continues to be awesome. Saving them from the tiger, taking Clara's omissions about the doctor in relative stride, and uttering possibly the most romantic line I've ever heard, one person is more, one person is more amazing, harder to understand, but more amazing than universes. Knowing Moffat, this does not bode well for Danny and Clara, I'm afraid. <laughs> and apologies, Glenn. But I snorted and giggled at I <laughs> No, I, I got to giggle at that as well. Oh, and anyone else thinking Missy is the uh, woman who gave Clara the doctor's number for tech support back in the Bells of St. John? I think we've already addressed that, haven't we? Maybe we so. haven't. We, we, we've speculated on maybe. Oh, okay, okay. You mean maybe? <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> no. A, a maybe. A maybe. <laughs> Hot Duck Phil. P.S. Does episode 200 <laughs> warrant the return of Jazz Hands? I will have to ask. He does them best. Jazz Hands. <laughs> That's right. Keith does it with the words. Jazz Hands. Jazz Hands. Because it's an audio. you got to say it. Oh, thank you, Phil. And I'm sorry if I butchered your email. It was quite cleverly written. <laughs> oh, it's for me. Oh. <laughs> I can see the... I, Maybe you have to know Phil, but I can literally see the progression of puzzlement, elation, depression. <laughs> just, just all in, you know, <laughs> the 
the whole roller coaster right there. <laughs> like in five seconds. Bam. Oh, wow. Uh, finally tonight, our last bit of feedback comes from Scott. And he writes, Happy Anniversary. Hello, Kansas crew. Congratulations on 200 official shows. Are you counting the side trips? <laughs> no, we're not. We do not. So there's uh, actually more shows if you don't count the side trips. bonus content. <laughs> when Glenn mentioned Town Without Mercy last week, <laughs> I had to appear. <laughs> LOL. I haven't ha- I haven't written in for a long wa- for a long while. I uh, have rarely missed a show. I listen to a var- variety of Doctor Who podcasts, and yours is consistently one of the most fair, critical, without being too negative, and a personal podcast and personal podcasts anywhere. I don't care what the space buffaloes say. <laughs> well, don't Wait, listen to them. <laughs> space buffaloes are saying things about us. <laughs> Well, and apparently bad things all, about us. All the more reason not to be a space buffalo. <laughs> you can go and buy a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he continues, What a con- uh, contentious season. Doctor Who fans are always spread across the full range of love to hate over a story, but no one story has been universally loved or hated. I am a full-on Moffat fan. I enjoy the way he tells stories over a series. Ah, Sorry, my computer decided to scroll. Probably because Sean keeps adding photos to things. (laughs) Uh, Oh, did I do that? No, no, you didn't. I touched my touchpad weird. (laughs) I'm sorry. Are you adding photos to Facebook? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> he said that as a bust, a man buster. I had to take a picture of Phil's email to because we got the word in there, and I thought it was cool that we, you know. By the way, Phil, your email address is now public domain. <laughs> Might want to change that. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, Scott. I, I'm not meaning to hijack your your your, your thing here. Oh. Where was I? Uh, I enjoy the way he tells his stories over a series. I know he's not for everyone, but I do wish the haters would give him some credit for making Clara even more interesting and, a three dimen- and three-dimensional and giving us the really different Doctor so that so many people said they wanted when Capaldi started. My, favorite, my personal top three stories so far have been Listen, The Caretaker, I Love the Power of Three for the same reasons, and my favorite so far... Flatline. Oh, thank you, Scott, for citing. I wouldn't use it as my favorite, but it'd be up there in my top three. So thank you for proving Glenn wrong. <laughs> Speaking of flat, that brings me to last night's story in the forest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. In the forest of the night. <laughs> it was meh. How could Danny be so casual after finding out all the lying Clara has done? And it was lie after lie he found out about. I like Danny, but he's a lo- he was a little too perfect this time, except for losing track of... <laughs> Maeve. <laughs> our, our fourth spelling of the night now for this kid. M-A-I-A. The little girl. <laughs> the girl portraying the little girl. I liked. The other girls were very black. <coughs> By the way, what class was that? The little girl seemed much younger than the rest of her classmates. I wouldn't 
And wouldn't the doctor's confrontation with the zoo animals have been a bit better if he came out with a Venusian lullaby per twist on? That would have been awesome. Missed opportunity. I'm sorry some people think Clara has been so cutty-cutter damsel in this this dress. I'd like to suggest listening to, along with, if not instead of, a couple of women, a couple of all-women, female-minded Doctor Who podcasts, Verity and the Impossible Girls. I'm not saying you're wrong or not entitled to your opinions, but maybe you can get something out of other women's takes on her. So, two to go. I'm holding back my opinions on Missy until we learn more about her, but I don't think she's necessarily evil. My one prediction is that Chesterson appears either at the very end of the two-parter or during the Christmas episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Scott from Philly. Thank you, Scott. Who's Chesterton? Ian? Ian. I think, yeah. <laughs> Have they announced this? No. I think it's just with all the Oh, he's just my one... Per- okay. I hope you're right, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I read well, way too much into that one. <laughs> and you got to be careful, too, because tonight's episode, or In the Forest of the Night... In the Forest of the Night... <laughs> ...was the episode where Louise Jameson went and visited the set. And so there were pictures oh, of that. Really? So, and she wasn't in the episode. So, my hope for the Katie Manny cameo at Christmas is kind of dwindled <laughs> now. I'm learning that. Now. <laughs> That's it for feedback. But I think before we move on to our review, uh, we want to announce a special event for our 200 episodes for listening to us and putting up with us for 200 episodes. We're going to give you something back. Keith dug around in the prize vault. I found some things in the prize vault. Okay, so... Hang on. I think we should give one of these away to the person that correctly spelled Maeve (laughs) in their feedback. (laughs) Who was that, Glenn? The winner of that, I believe, was Holly. Because according to the Radio Times cast list, which is official, her name, played by Abigail Eames... Is M A E B H. All right. Well, now, not that I don't want her to get a prize, <laughs> but in fairness, do you know how many times the Radio Times misspelled Anthony Ainley's name? Never. Always. No. Yes. That was what was submitted to him. No, it was always misspelled because no, but they, it was. But that's what. But was it wasn't their fault. No, but yeah, it was it misspelled. Their fault. Not well, saying it was their fault. I'm not saying the Radio <laughs> Times is not a reliable because news because they code. were usually doing that on purpose. Well, of course they were doing it on purpose. But well, the fact remains they that they... Pur- purposefully <laughs> misspelled Mabe. A character's name. <laughs> it's Mabe. 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 <laughs> so far off every time. It's beautiful. Mabe. <laughs> I'm not even trying anymore. <laughs> i got to keep up the gag now. The little girl. The little girl. She would make such a good Kelly. companion. <laughs> Kelly? He just gave up, Kelly. May. I'm just going to call her Gift. Kelly. I'm just going to call her May. May. That's May. halfway there. Okay. Maybe. So, in our vault of goodies. So yeah, You have to do the thing. You have to do the Johnny Fever thing where you talk into your glass and go deep into the prize vault. Going deep into the prize vault. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to put aside one of these for Holly. Which Congratulations, Holly. Congratulations. You're, you're getting one of the micro figures from K- 
character building. You know, from here on from out. From the 50th line of all doctors. From here on out, everybody that sends feedback is going to go to the internet and find out how to really spell a name. And we'll have spell names correctly all the way on. Hey, I can get a prize for that? <laughs> Only because it's a 200 episode. I think we should go into the Marvel vaults and pull out the no prize. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Here's your no prize. What is it? It's a no prize. <laughs> yeah, but what I get? It's a no prize. <laughs> it's a no prize. I wanted one of those so badly as a kid. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so we have two more character building figures to give away, and these are courtesy of Who Brannigan. Wait, what's that, Harley? You want us to open it and see what it is? Okay. <laughs> You want to know which one you're getting. So, everyone who wants to submit their name, send us an email uh, via our website and make sure you put in their 20th anniversary contest. That way we know that should, be the, or that should be the subject line. Probably. The subject line, yeah, if so you that can. We can flag Unless you do it through the website, then you don't oh, get that that's option. That's right, you don't get the option, do you? But right, I'll put it in there somewhere. Put it, so put we it can in there it. before your name and your contact information so we can mail it to you. So, 200th. 200th anniversary. Anniversary. Keith Contest. keeping track of this one. <laughs> it's his turn. It's my turn. <laughs> and for our Region 2 listeners, we have something special. So sorry, anyone, I guess, if you, you really... You could win them if, if you want, Region 1. If you want these in the... Um, in the Yeah, Region 1, go ahead and mention it in your email. But otherwise, we're going to assume if you're UK, include that also. So that you can play these DVDs. <laughs> we have some Region 2 DVDs. We have some Region 2 that DVDs. That we're giving away. Three individual discs that you can get. Do you think we should sign these before we send them to them? Oh, yes, let's. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> we can sign the case so we don't ruin anything. We'll, we'll sign a note card and include it in okay. there. You, I okay. would sign a note card. That would be okay. Well, I just thought they're not going to get a full set, so it's like one disc. So oh, I guess let's, that's let's true. make it collectible. Like anybody wants our signature. One person. One that person. Well, yeah, we did have one person. <laughs> ask and if you're still listening, thanks. Uh, yeah, let us know what you did with that. If you're out there. So it's series five, volume one, which includes the eleventh hour, Beast Below, and Victory of the Daleks. Series five, volume two, which includes Time of Angels, Flesh of Stone, and Vampires of Venice. In Series 5, Volume 3, which includes Amy's Choice, The Hungry Earth, and Cold Blood. So you get half the series. I like how Keith picks nope. this, and they're all 11 Doctor <laughs> stories. <laughs> <laughs> nice twist there. <laughs> I gotta twist that you're, knife you're, every chance I get. Surpri- <laughs> they're lucky I'm getting rid of them. Oh. I'm, they're that's lucky a, I'm letting them go. That's true. This that's is how a, special these that's, are. That's true. It is now, a these, unique these, collectible. These aren't sealed copies. By these the way. are not sealed yeah. copies, and they are. Well, they you, could be. Each. We can't reseal them for you. I, 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 I have a shrink wrapper. <laughs> so. Oh, we could laminate them. <laughs> <laughs> can't get him to. <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, received DVD in the mail. Can't figure out how to open the plastic wrap. <laughs> so this won't play appears to be an air bubble. One entry per person, and it's for one item. So we have five items now to give away. Yeah. So remember, if you're Region 2 compatible, let us know. If you're Region 1 and just want one of these cool collectible DVDs, just let us know. Maybe you have a region-free 
DVD player. Or if you just want it on your shelf because yeah. it's Matt Smith. Because it's cool. It's, they've got some really cool they do uh, have covers. Really cool I like the covers. Region 2 is cool. I like, wouldn't buy any volumized, so I would never get them, because I always like the box sets. But. Yeah. Uh, later, I'm, I'll try to take a picture and post these on our Traveling the Vortex Let's Twitter account yeah. and website to remind yep. everyone of the contest. Should we disqualify no. people that don't put specifically, what did you say, what they have to write in there? 200th anniversary contest. Oh, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> they have to write <laughs> 200th bicentipiversary contest. Bicentipiversary. And spell it correctly to be eligible. Oh, now. Don't make them spell You're the one correctly. that's making them spell stuff correctly to get prizes. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, you don't have to spell that correctly. It's a made-up word. I don't think it matters. <laughs> we'll take what Keith said or what John said. But Either way. You have to put it in there. Let us know it's for the contest. The reason we want is because it makes it easier for us to flag them if it's if it's. The so how long should we give people to submit their... 201, or should we give them a little bit? Uh, let's do 202. Let's give them 202. two weeks. That, two, because yeah, some, two people, weeks. some people may not listen right away. Yeah. And, and if this doesn't show up on the server tomorrow, then <laughs> <laughs> we may have to make it 203. So, <laughs> assuming, assuming Foxes hasn't canceled us. <laughs> <laughs> By episode 202. <laughs> so you have two weeks to make your submissions. And we will put them all in a fez and draw them, like we did with the other one. Draw those names. So everybody so gets a fair chance. <laughs> what are you whispering to me, Sean, off camera? <laughs> or off mic? Do we want to thank Who Brannigan? I, I, I mean, he did. Oh, you did? Yeah. The, the, the minifigures are courtesy of Who Brannigan. Oh. We'll say it again so that Sean heard it. So, like, other <laughs> listeners that may not have heard it. That's who they're from. Like Sean. Thank you for donating stuff for us to give away. Okay. That's that. So Good luck. I just Googled May Bicentipiversary. Ever in your favor. And it did not match any documents. So <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be able to spell it correctly. Well we gotta include it in our show notes. Ooh. Or make it a challenge and they have to go to John's Twitter post to figure out that. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. It's all on Duckville. Uh, Duckville gets great. All right. Do we have anything else special going on for? We got a song for our 200th anniversary. Well, for feedback, we got prizes. We got jazz hands. Jazz hands. The return of the space buffalo. Was there any other requests? That, did nobody else have any other requests that we missed? Not that I'm aware of. We got Merca mentioned in the show. <clears throat> Serendipity tangent. Wow, we're just running the gamut of all the stuff. I almost Those died. of you with a uh, bingo card. <laughs> Congratulations. You probably blacked out this week. Just for good record, lost Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. I'm trying to remember what else is on Star here. Wars, Firefly, <laughs> The Pond. Uh, across the Pond. Across, across the, the Pond. pond. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you scratching your head going, What? Um, I don't know what was that, episode eleven. <laughs> it was pretty early. <laughs> Go way, way deep into Huge the problem to work those results for that. Chrissy gets praise and credit. She for designed that. it. <laughs> okay. In the forest of the night. <laughs> One morning, we can see bingo card number two coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
One morning in London and every city and town in the world, the human race wakes up to the most surprising invasion yet. The trees have moved back in. Everywhere in land and forests, everywhere land and a forest has grown overnight and taken back the earth. Eh. <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> I think I kind of I, I agree with most of our feedbackers that this is kind of a mass story. I really wanted to like it's this It's a very one. cool idea. I well, dis- I didn't dislike it. It, it just started it, off as a very cool it's idea. It's just kind of there. It really is just kind of there. It wasn't particularly well thought out in my mind. But, yeah. Who was it that said that it felt like filler? Because that's really what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like a short story it, it that was like just kind of dragged they, out. They needed to maneuver a few chess pieces in the position, character-wise... Yeah. For the finale, there were some there were some big moments in this. I think. I mean, there was there was important to the overall arcing story of what we've been developing. Or <laughs> I'm not taking credit. What Stephen Moffat <laughs> has been developing for this series, um, it had some key moments in it. Um, maybe important is even kind of exaggerating it, but there were some key moments in this. Um, and I agree that that, that the doctor certainly should. <laughs> If anybody could have a child companion and make it really interesting, it would be the eighth doctor. Or what, eighth doctor? <laughs> yes, yeah, doctor. yes, he would. Yeah, well, that yes, yes. too. But the twelfth doctor, yes, would be um, a prime candidate for some very interesting stories with a young companion. You know, it's interesting because we, we've talked over and over and over again about how much we wanted to see Matt Smith with a child because he's childlike. Don't don't go there because he's. On the same mental wavelength, it seems like um, that you know we just always have talked about how great his doctor would be with a child companion and how awesome that would be. And now that they've kind of gone older, I was a little concerned with the initial interaction. You know, when he leans out and he's still being Grumpy Bear Doctor, and well, you need an appointment to see the doctor. I was like, uh, it's a little girl who's being chased. She's You're being gonna- chased through the woods. She asked for you by name. Matt Smith landed and immediately picked up on the fact that there was a child crying somewhere on Spaceship UK. You know, so you, you just, you, I don't know. But then I was okay with it. It's you know, Okay, we got past that road bump and, 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 and got into the meat of it. There was so much this I wanted to like. I, the genius line when the news reports were coming in and the guy's talking about the soccer teams. And then he goes, the pitch may not be ready in time. <laughs> Oh, that's a, yeah, awesome. I felt it was telegraphed. I knew immediately that, well, the trees are not malevolent. They're good guys. That They're was going the to protect problem us was from this. That it, I felt it made the doctor and Clara and Danny and everybody else look really stupid when we come across the guys trying to burn the trees and they can't burn the trees, and all along we're talking about a solar flare. And my first thought right after that was, oh, so the trees are going to protect the planet from a solar flare. That's what they're there for. And then they they hadn't even really gone down the whole the trees are going to kill everybody idea, even at that point yet. It wasn't until later they started developing that whole the trees are the bad guys, the trees are the bad guys, yeah. the trees are the bad guys. No, you've already and I'm sitting there all along going, You've given that up already. We already know that the trees are there for good. So you're not fooling anybody when telling this story because I know already and it, it and the doctor discovers it so late in the game 
that it was almost insulting. Yeah. And I, I like it when we get a, a, a Paul McGann, oh, stupid doctor moment, where he's berating himself. For, I'm Dr. Idiot. You know, for, I did for, like that line, though. For, for, line. for being dumb, because he's figured it out way too late. But normally those come while I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that he has now figured it out and he's now going to let me know what's going on, I appreciate that as a viewer or a listener. Capaldi was it was just uh dude we're way ahead of you here and even Mel was like I, I what is all this running about about because I, I the trees are going to protect the earth from the solar flare I was like yeah that's kind of where I think they're going with it <laughs> I'll be disappointed if that's where they go with it I mean it's a cool idea but they that was a that was a 5 minute episode that was a mini sode they 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 fully invented the um they fully invented the What's the word I'm searching for? The, uh, the the tense moments with the animals, they fully invented that just to stretch this episode oh, yeah, out. Absolutely. To me. Now, I will be the first to admit that when they had wolves and Mafe is in this uh, red outfit with a hoodie, and I, th- I went that whole little red Robin Hood motif, that direction they were going with it. And I thought, oh, okay, this is where they're going. This is kind of what they're trying to drive home. They're, do- they're doing a little bit, a little bit of a parallel. And then, <laughs> no, we go way off in a whole other direction. I did like I did the like- scene <clears throat> with the wolf eyes. Yeah. And the exploration uh, also. I the special effect was horrible. Well, after that, once they be- came out, well, it was even like, the, oh. Even the eyes looked really bad to me. You think so? Yeah, it looked really bad. It, it reminded me of one of those cartoons where all the lights go off and all you can see are the <laughs> character's eyes and then other eyes open up and that's the menacing things in the dark. <laughs> the Scooby-Doo. You know, and it's a little like Planet <laughs> of the Daleks, too, when you see the, all the eyes on the hill, you know, and then they just kind of blink out, you know, it's... Eh. It'd be scary if they like pull the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Jones, uh, get on that one. I didn't, I, and, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I hated this episode. Because I didn't hate it in any way. It's just kind of the, this middling episode that just kind of is there, and really felt like we needed to say a few more things or or hit a few more key notes before we get to the two part finale. So it's just kind of there as a filler. It really the the whole time I sitting there thinking this really feels like a filler episode. It just feels like. If we, this had we been, had one extra episode here to do something yeah. with, and this is what we did with it. If this had been a 50th anniversary ebook story, it would have been brilliant. I don't know about brilliant, but it would have been much better. <laughs> because it would have been, been well, <laughs> it, it would have been concise and to the point. We could have cut out all the running about with the animals and, and got to the meat of the story and got to the end of it. It would have been one of those, wow, what a cool idea. No, because Sean would have gone, no, that was just too short. They should have really come. They could have done more with this. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> it's just... Well, that was enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. It, it, I, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't hate it. It just kind of laid there. It didn't really do anything for well, me. And it wasn't that, that it was we were, a bad episode. It wasn't that it wasn't enjoyable to watch. Capaldi was great in every scene he was in. He was. And I, 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 I enjoyed the kids. I enjoyed all the kids. Now, here's my question. I know everybody's singing the praises of Mabe. Um, um, but but so if this, so is, if this is, the is the class for the, what was it, gifted and. Special, special or, or however, however yeah, Clara, but it was yeah. something that Clara had made up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, well, you, and get you get the based on, based on the, the <laughs> teacher stories. 
that we're getting, you know, well, he never says please because his first reaction is to flip the desk over and storm out. And the anger management. Yeah, the anger management. Yeah, and and yeah. you, you kind of get the impression that maybe these are the kids that are a little troublemaker well, they are. kind of that's, stuff. They're, they're, that's clearly what they are. That's so why where Kara was Courtney? <laughs> where was she, when she, was she ever really a troublemaker, though? She called herself one. She called herself a troublemaker. Although she was much older than a lot of these kids, too. maybe that was... I get the impression they're a younger... Because I, I'm, uh, she totally should have been there. <laughs> Would have sped up the plot too much. That's another. Uh, well, yeah, she. <laughs> we we needed to back things off a little bit. Um, I love the line about the. I didn't like the way this was shot either. I love the line about when he keeps trying to get somebody to say the bigger on the inside and uh, trees grew up overnight, where nothing really surprises us anymore. And he's very flustered with that. Oh, and even Maeve at the beginning where she's... I thought it was supposed to be, so I didn't say anything. Yeah, when the camera's following them around the upper deck, and it's like, okay, I realize you kind of had to use the fisheye just to get that shot to work Mm -hmm. because of the way the TARDIS set is constructed. You can't do it otherwise. But it looked really weird. It was too obvious. And it was too obvious that you were doing that. And then when we got into it, all of these bizarre shots with... The doctor leaning in close to the camera and the kid's reaction, and the doctor leaning in close to the camera and the kid's reaction as he's hunting for Mabe. It's like, this was kind of ham-handed yeah. in the way that it yeah. was put together, I thought. That's a very w- yeah, good way I to describe it. And, and I think that kind of helped or, or detracted from the overall presentation of to why I maybe thought, eh, this isn't the greatest thing. Um, I really wanted to buy into the oh, wow, look, there's trees in Trafalgar Square. And it felt like we were in an arboretum and we imported a couple of fake styrofoam <laughs> pieces of architecture to make it look like this had been overrun. It, I didn't get a big epic there, like, scope. There almost wasn't enough pavement underneath. Yeah, I don't know. There was something not quite right with well, the Well, not only do setting. these trees... And you know not me. Burn. How often do I not talk about production design on Doctor well, Not only do these trees not burn, but they obviously can grow up through pavement. Yeah. Or plant themselves through pavement. I it, That was a bit weird, but... I think part of why it kind of fell flat for me, especially when it got to the end and there's this solar flare coming, it felt in the same season that we got Time Heist, it felt a little bit... Too much like a retread. I don't well, know. He even I don't, mentions. I don't know. He, he says it's just it. like the one yeah. well, that took out. Actually, I'm glad that he did At mention it because if it. they hadn't mentioned it, then I'd have felt that it was just a retread. But by mentioning that, it almost qualified. But 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 it felt like okay. I've got this cool idea of the forest takes over the city. What and then they're like, well, what's the threat other than that? Why has it done it? I don't know. Well, we just did this story about a <laughs> a solar flare, and maybe it grew up to create an air bubble around the Earth to protect it. It's an okay idea. It's just that once you start thinking about it, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. And I, I, I did like the exploration of why that she was afraid of the woods and how this has happened before and genetic memory is why there's those stories and why you're afraid of the woods. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Hey, what were the little fairy things? I don't know. Tree, uh, tree mites. What were they, though? What was it? What was the Fireflies? That? that was what was talking to Maeve, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, I guess, 
It sort of felt dropped in there. To you know, me. you know the you things when when when, when Groot kind of, goes and all the little yeah, lights come yeah. out. They were those. It, it, Am I crazy? It, though? It came, no, like, no, no, no. Came across kind of like it was the spirits. Am I of crazy? The Didn't yeah. they just kind of have like, something similar to that in one of the comics we read? One of the tenth or eleventh Doctor comics? I think you read further than that. Then, not in the ones we read. Somewhere there was these little fairy things that were only there. You could only see them. At certain time, I thought I swear it was the Tenth Doctor story, the first one that Titan did. Not that I remember. Not that I remember. Just it had this familiarity to me that well, recent familiarity to me. And it was a and it was we, a good group because when you said that, I thought, well, maybe no, that wasn't it. We, when we got to that scene, I thought, oh well, Doctor Lou in the wardrobe kind of works because there were kind of the <laughs> hovering, glowy star-like things over the forest there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got another one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and the whole time, they're very well. The doctors and or the the forest is invading. It's bad. Blah blah blah. I kept thinking of the forest of Chim. Yeah. Who, you know, they're traced their lineage back to Earth, and they weren't evil at all. So why would these? I mean, it just—it's a cool idea. It just needed better development. And not one dropped line about a crinoid. Yeah, we've got all this vegetation everywhere, and the doctor didn't say, "Oh, oh, wait, no, it's not this." Yeah, I, I, I just—it's like it was a. I'm gonna go here. It's like it was a Doctor Who episode that was written by a guy who had never seen Doctor Who, because he had this kind of cool little sci-fi concept, and then they asked him to expand it in an episode and include these characters, and he really didn't know anything about how to do that. So he gave us this story, and then I imagine somebody else came along and kind of brushed it up and inserted some dialogue for Claire and Danny to say. And then they said, okay, we're done with this episode and turn it in. I, it felt very... Is this a co-write? With the- no. no. It just it felt very unfinished. It just didn't feel like it was, was quite all there. It wasn't a, a, a solidified... It was a nugget, but it wasn't a... Well, and we got to the end, and I, I thought, well, that wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It, it was a little above meh until the reveal of the sister. Yeah. And it, that just made no sense at all. Yeah, just tacked on. She'd been gone for how long, and then suddenly she appears in the trees? Yeah, that was bizarre. What? So, was, yeah, I, that, that was totally a way to give agree. a fairy tale ending without totally agree. any thoughts at all. Was the tree shrub that she was, I don't know, hiding in, did it grow up to protect her from something? And then why was she there so long? Yeah. And was she, was she coming home? Is that why she was there? They needed something more than, I knew you'd come back. Or the, or, or now we've bestowed the, the, the tree fairies with even more magical powers of, oh, we've restored your sister to you. And oh, See, I haven't read that far into it. Yeah, that must be issue two. No, this is the first issue. What? No. Yes. No, I don't recognize that panel at all. Keep going back. I'll go back to the first... That's two. That's two. Is it? Look at the title. Oh, it is number two. All right. Well, that's why I recognize. <laughs> you guys hadn't read issue number two. I didn't realize I had read that. I was waiting until we got closer to the review. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna lump them all together. <laughs> all right. Well, there, there's why I have issue because there something very similar happens in the second. He puts his helmet on her, and she's able to see these things here. They feed into human emotion. 
empathy and just exchange their an archetypal good vibe and they that they give out and they yeah okay well that's where I got this from I no wonder you guys didn't recognize it it was it was so similar to that that it felt like a ripoff to me so I didn't really like the last scene with the doctor and Clara on that balcony after somehow the trees magically okay. disappeared. Here's my problem, though, with that. With is, the humanity forgets? It fixes so much of RTD's error. Well, I, that's probably true, but I, I, I don't think it was even... I don't think it was... I think the humanity forgets was just isolated to these type of events, though. Big global events? And that was my other thing. Well, is, as I'm watching... Yeah, trees. No, not global events. I'm talking oh, just, about this event that has happened, obviously, before. Because, before, yeah. yeah. So... The whole episode, I'm sitting here going, "Okay, how do you how do you RTD this one? How do you how do you write this you, one out?" Everybody's just seen this globally. We know it's globally and because we've seen it all over the infrastructure. This look whole at all thing this is, is happening, and it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> how will nobody remember this? And how can you set this in a quasi similar world to what we experience today? Because they always sort of step in line with reality. And as we know it, but then they threw that line in there, and it was almost a all right. I will accept that. At least you've given me an ex- explanation, and you didn't walk away from it and not answer it. But it was such a weak explanation. I'd rather they walked away from it and not answered it because it would have given them the opportunity to go back and reference this episode in later yeah. episodes, if for no other reason than just to say fifty foot cybermen walking through <laughs> Victorian London, and nobody notices. But. Okay, well, humanity forgets. They did before. Okay, I'll give you that one from the standpoint that, you know, it was however many years ago the Tunguska blast, and it was the 1912, 10, somewhere? I mean, it was early century. And don't look, you're going to look it up now and prove me how wrong I am on that oh, date. I, but I, I don't remember <laughs> being that recent. but how, Whenever it was, it was very, very early in the technological history of, of mankind. 1908. 1908. Okay. The, oh, yeah, Ghostbusters. The Blast of 1908. Thank you, uh, Dan Eckerd. So I'll buy that one because it was early enough that, yeah, and it's in a remote location. It was in Siberia. Oh, okay, yeah, you know. right, exactly. Okay, this is a Well, and world, one was in Brazil, too, wasn't it? Yeah. And this is a worldwide remote. global event in all the major cities. You've got news coverage of it. It's archived. It's, you can't back off of that one. And now here's the big problem. We've discussed this previously on this podcast. How many times has the Earth been destroyed by solar flare activity? Yeah, it's true. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, In Doctor Who, specifically. Right, right. We've got... Um, That's the whole reason they're on the space whale. The, the space whale um, episode was, was solar flares. The, uh, um, the arc in space mm-hmm. was, was because of, of, of solar flares. So we've got all of these previously documented occasions where Earth's been wiped out by a solar flare. But apparently we have a defense mechanism for that. Talk about your continuity issue. Now, yeah. there's, now there's a problem. And it's, uh, you know, I, that bothers me more than the Earth being wiped out four times over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I can accept that well, the solar almost, flare came on, wiped everything out, and then we just restarted and kept going. Right, you know, right. I could buy that. Oh, well, you can almost even also in those instances consider it the same solar flare. We're just seeing different people at different times post flare. 
like in, from the arc could be. Space I don't. I don't remember the. Uh, I'd have to dig up. Arc space and, was future still. Yeah. Well, so, I'd, I'd I mean, have to look up and see exactly how many X number of years down the road it is. I can at least fudge that a little bit. But yeah, it's just so now you've given me this. People will forget. No, we won't. We have it on YouTube. It will be there with cat videos forever. Or until the next solar flare does come and wipe us out. I don't know. It just and the magical the tree sprite. I mean, you know, I, I I appreciate the idea of a Gaia or guiding spirit. I don't. That doesn't bother me. In Doctor Who, that doesn't bother me. Wouldn't it have been kind of cool though if this had been? If you're going to go this route, I don't know. Make it like a Silurian defense system that auto activates. That would at least give it make it make more sense, other than the trees somehow know a solar flare is coming. Yeah. I don't know. I just, there's a lot of little things that were like, eh, I don't know if I buy that. The the Danny Clara stuff, I liked for the most part, but I'm almost tired of it now. Yeah, well, I... And, uh, almost. I'll tell you what, that was one of the things that I did like, was the fact that Danny didn't go off on her. Because he had every right. She was hiding something from him. She's been hiding something from him. And more importantly, she's been lying to him. Yeah. And so he really kind of took it in stride and turned that whole situation on its ear. And I almost appreciated the handling of it. Because he does realize, he does recognize that he's very bothered by the fact that she's lying to him. But he also understands that it's part of her life, part of what makes her who she is. And is waiting for her to deal with it. He's not. He's not making the decision. He's not dealing with it for her. He's waiting for her to to make the decision herself to deal with it herself. And so I almost appreciate that they didn't go down that road of, well, we've. I I, I just don't want to be with you anymore at this point. You know, it's just, yeah. It, it was, was one of those. Okay, I give up. I'm done. Yeah, it's, exactly. it, it was refreshing to not see a blow up. It was refreshing to not have him deliver an ultimatum. It's me or the doctor, because that very easily could have been the way that we wound up going with it. And so I I, I like the fact that he's still approaching this from this, you've got to, you know, you'll figure this out. And I will will be here for you when when the time is right. And I kind of like the fact that when he finally says, all I want is the truth, I I, I think I deserve that. And she says, okay, so he goes, not now. Yeah. I like the fact that we didn't get an off-the-cuff, because, coming. I'm sorry, coming from Clara this season, it would have felt like another lie, even if she was completely honest with him. Even if she sat there and told him, I realize I'm kind of, it's it's an addiction at this point. Even if she actually came out and used those words in lieu of the last episode, it would have felt like a lie coming on top of everything else. So I'm kind of glad that they left that for an off-camera moment, that it's just going to be something that, you know, that they're dealing with relationship-wise. I thought that was cool and well-handled. Unfortunately, came couched in the rest of the episode, <laughs> which again, <You're> coached, coached, <laughs> Sorry. which was not horrible. It just was kind of mad, and I think in a way that's saying something for season eight. Because whether you have loved these episodes or have hated these episodes, you've gotten a very emotional response one way or the other, yeah, all season long, and then we finally get <laughs> episode ten, a. Eh, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily crafted this way on purpose that it was going to be the the the, the breath before the the oncoming storm of, of of Cybermen. But you know, once they had all the episodes done, I can see why they maybe put this one where they put it in the in the scheme yeah. of 
<clears throat> of airing. Of course, they still wrote them. They still wrote them, you know, this way. But I don't know. It's so many little things that just didn't quite add up to make a complete whole picture. And I could go on. I could nitpick a lot of this. And that, that's why I'm remaining silent for most of this discussion because I don't want to set nitpick it because it's just there. It's, it's really it's just an episode. I, I've just kind of accepted it that it's just a May episode. It's there. So here's something there were, interesting. There were, there were good things. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want a town called Mercy. It. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were there were good things about it. It's, we're kind of completely offset by the not so good things. I wanted to like it. I didn't. I don't know if I missed it in the episode, but according to Tardis Wikia, this is set in 2016. No, I heard him say that. Did he? I heard him say 2016, and I went, "What? That's interesting." Yeah. So what? I wonder if this whole season, present day, has been 2016. I don't know. Yeah, he said that, and I, or I, I was going to bring that up, and I'm glad you saw it. Or they've been together longer than we realized. He, he said that it was 2016. He did. I can't remember exactly what the line was. Well, he was, he was equating the, 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 I think he had mentioned the other events, and then he says, in 2016, the London something, which I thought was weird because he isolated it to London while it was worldwide. So it wasn't really even, yeah, so there you go. Speculate about that, what that means. Well, okay, so either A, we've moved the goalpost forward, <laughs> which I don't have a problem with. <laughs> just, just near well, it's, near future. Yeah. Okay. It is a story. It is a show about time travel. Yeah, yeah so. I, that, that, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> or B, as you pointed out, maybe Danny and Claire have been together for a lot longer than... Well, and who knows well, how many travels there's the been. goalposts as well, if yeah. you're, you're trying to broaden their... He could, she could have been... Traveling with the doctor way longer between last week. But and there's this clearly week. been a lot of. The there's thing been at is least the, one adventure you, because she left the. I, I think you have to be real careful about framing it in that way because they could have 200 adventures in well, the time true. span of a present day hour. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, as far as time travel goes, so yeah. I think when you I think when you frame it around the development of their relationship, it almost makes more sense so that you can say. This is how it was when we first met. This is how we've only had ten episodes. So how do you develop a relationship? Well, you move the goalposts and you say, "Well, it looks like perhaps they've been together for about three or two, two and a half well, years." Well, and if that's the case, it also kind of helps explain why he doesn't go off about the lying and can kind of swallow it and take it better in stride because he has way it's more invested it in longer. it. Yeah. Or, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's got. He's, a lot he's more way more invested. In that, that is truly well, yeah. committed. And, to this. and that's another thing that bothered me is he got up and stormed out of a restaurant on their first date when he found out she was lying to him. But it was quite a different reaction now. This so time, if there has yeah. been two and a half years or that two years fix that between, it does kind that, of yeah. yeah fixes and that, that fixes a little bit with some of because we 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 know that the is it the caretaker they're on their second date. When she makes the comment, words not quite in the right order, but you got them there. I, th- I don't remember if it was the caretaker, but yeah. Uh, one one, one of yeah. them, he specifically says date number two. Yeah. But then I think it was the next episode where all of a sudden it felt like, you know, we... Well, they jumped to love pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And we were complaining that, well, this seems like a really rushed relationship yeah. here. But maybe it's not rushed because maybe there is... By dropping 2016 in there and, and dating that episode, maybe yeah. it kind of... Maybe there that. is some additional time and it was just 
last week that she's finally getting around to moving some things into his place, you yeah. know, a toothbrush yeah. and whatnot. And, and that would also explain why Courtney wasn't around for this particular field yeah, outing, I because mean, she's she graduated. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but that that's really interesting. Quite possible. Now, discounting all of that, can you think of any other reason why the writer would choose to drop that line? No. Unless it was, well, I don't know anything about Doctor Who, but they say it's a show about time travel, so I'll put it in the future. <laughs> no, I think, you're, I, I think you're underselling the writer a little bit. That's, uh, that's very unfair. Yeah. But I, other than just, you know, sometimes you do things like that where you put it in the near future just because you can. You know, well, why not? It doesn't have to be present day. You put this in the near future. But normally with those, you, you're not dealing with an ongoing relationship continuing cast of characters etc yeah. it's just we've landed on planet x in the near future it was frank cottrell boyce this is his first doctor who story well you can tell <laughs> directed it's, by sharif folks it's strange Folkson, also first doctor who story it's it's strange that um moffat didn't have a co-writing co-writing credit, credit yeah. on this because really what it feels like is a writer that brought a probably a much better idea to tackle and it got it got just basically shunted down to what it ended up being. You think it's the reverse? That's what it feels like. You think it's not that it was the nugget of the idea that we had to cram all this other stuff in? You think it's that he had this great idea and, and it we just got chopped it all out to all put this stuff down. in? Yeah, yeah. That, you know... I'd like to think so. That could be because that very much, it really on 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 parallel. This feels very much in kind of the same vein as Nightmare and Silver did. It has that there was a, something really kind of cool going on here that just fell apart and didn't work. Was it what was it? Uh, well, was it and that full circle that the same thing happened to suffers a little bit from J and T got a hold of it and just really kind of chopped it all the head. Yeah. Well, and suffering from the penultimate episode syndrome. Essentially, if you consider the next two the finale, it's got to put pieces in place for that, so the story tends to not be as good because you have to fit those pieces and make it work. And maybe Moffat didn't put part his, of part of why I think uh, Nightmare and Silver was maybe Moffat didn't put a writing credit on it, a co-writing credit on it, because he felt a little guilty that he chopped it down so much that he thought, well, I need, I want to give him props. For the concept. <laughs> Possible. Hmm. Although, if I were the writer, I would have rather you put your co-writing on there so that people yeah, go, let's share ah, the bl- I bet that was Moffat's let's, idea. Let's share the blame here as well <laughs> as the credit. I don't know. That's an interesting idea. Maybe we've been looking at this wrong way. And maybe this is one, in all fairness, maybe this will be one that once we get through the finale, we'll go back and rewatch the season and go, oh, well, I, I get it now. I think it even, I think it serves well for the story arc overall. It falls down as an individual episode because you could go back to almost every episode this year and even though they all have elements of the overarching storyline and 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 heavily this time to me in my opinion more so than any year we've ever had um i think that perhaps you could watch any of the episodes standalone without having to watch one or the other ahead or behind it and so this one is is the only exception to that. I don't think you could just sit down and watch this episode. Yeah. But I think it serves the entire story arc because it does wrap them things up. And as I said, I'll still maintain that it had some key elements in it. 
that were important to get us to where we're going to be on a two-part season fin- or a yeah, series finale. I'd agree with that. I mean, it's, yeah. there's. I can't think of another episode this season that has totally felt like it didn't build up to the. Especially if we're still going with you know, the idea of immortality or something, which the trees certainly kind of lended to that. But, um, I don't know. Any 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 thoughts on Missy's last comment about? Well, I didn't see that coming, or. How did, is that how she phrased it? Just, yeah, oh, you're oh. paraphrasing, but it was a little lines. Yeah. Well, that was a surprise, and yeah. I like surprises. Yeah. It does give off the impression that maybe she somehow created the solar flare. Which, if we go that route, suddenly fixes the fact that we've had two solar flares. Uh, yeah, because if, if if you have the technology to do it once, why not more than once to engineer things that you need to happen to happen in that particular order. Well, and, and I've been giving it the benefit of the doubt that there's a reason why there were two solar flares, so that would work for that, yes. So who do we know that could control solar flares? You know, who can't do it? Space buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you want to tackle what's coming up on the schedule? I will tackle what's coming up on the schedule. Um, next week, or this Friday, for Halloween. Won't really be on Halloween. It'll be Saturday. Yes, I know. Uh, Friday Night Who, we're doing the first four parts of The Invasion with Patrick Troughton. Now with animation. Yay. Yay, animation. Uh, now with animation. Now with animation. This version has always had animation. Yeah, that's true. We've never done, we've actually never done we've reviewed the story. We've never actually done this one for Friday Night Who. So and I don't think it's available anymore, is it? We decided this nope. wasn't. So <laughs> hopefully you've got it or can get a copy and join us for that because I think it'll be a lot of fun. Sorry it wasn't something a little more Halloween centric since we actually got a Friday Night Who on Halloween this year, but we wanted to do Cybermen because well if you saw the next time on Doctor Who trailer Oh, man. <laughs> Can I tell you how excited I am for next week? I, I who, who was it that said that? It was like, let me let me tell you about In the Forest of the Night. Wow, next week's looks really good. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with this, because the trailer came up and was like, <gasps> And the way some of that was done and her saying time can be rewritten, man, I almost don't wonder if we're not going to revisit the invasion. Mm-hmm. That, that may, I don't know, because maybe that's too grandiose, but, you know, it's not just enough to actually put Cybermen on the steps of, but maybe it's the Take actual. The step further. Yeah. The, 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 there are, we're going back to 1960-something, and here's the Cybermen. I was like, oh, that would be so cool. Probably not, but, you know. Anyway, um, so we'll be talking about Dark Water uh, on the show next week, which is Becker. the. Becker. Maeve. <laughs> Scorby! <laughs> yeah, give <laughs> Anything else we want to throw in there? <laughs> so we'll be talking about that on the show next week. And then uh, the first Friday of November, the 7th, we'll be finishing up The Invasion, uh, parts 5 through 8, and then finishing up with Capaldi and 
Death in Heaven with episode 12. Uh, we've just had a meeting pre-show and solidified uh, the rest of the schedule through the end of the year. So you can expect some more big finish coming up, uh, along with uh, a couple of stories that we've not tackled yet. So I know you're all going to be looking forward to that. Uh, and um, some more ebooks coming, obviously. We've got to finish those out and whatnot. So I will get that posted on the website and the new server. And hopefully you'll be able to see it. <laughs> and hopefully you'll be able well, to listen to this. we know that part's running and that we can update that one. <laughs> hopefully you'll be able to listen to this and know that I've done that. All right. Anything so else there's that. Think? Anything else for our 200th epiversity? Uh, excuse me, bicentipiversity? Bi- oh, we should probably thank a few more Patreon to yes, subscribers. Let's do that. Uh, Mish. And Alex. Mish? Did you really just call Michelle Mish? Mish. That's what she put. I know, but it's Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> Thanks, Mish. Well, she's... Thanks, Mish. Thanks, Michelle and Alex for... It's, it's Mish. 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 Well, she does have an H at the end of that one, so that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Following the new guidelines. That's... So thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Alex. Um, we had one other this week. She did twice. She. No, we had another one. Alex? Alex, and then we had Mish, and then you tell me Brittany. Am I, I crazy? Seen that one? No. Could have told. Sorry, you told me Brittany. No, we had Caroline last week, and then Alex, yeah. and then Mitch. And then you said Brittany, and I said, Oh, oh she sent them feedback. Oh, feedback is what you're referring to. Ah. Well, you too can uh, become a patron. Supp- sub- Somebody else want to take this? Subscriber. Thank you. It's on our website. Supplier. I guess. Like it. It's where I was going with it. Yeah, you can be our supplier. <laughs> If you don't want to donate through that, there is now a new T-shirt design on Spreadshirt. One that Keith submitted. Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> Very long Talking time ago. Talking about going back into the vault. <laughs> also a throwback. It's, it's, it's special for our 200th anniversary yeah. bison tempiversary. <laughs> and if you order now, you might be able to get it for next week. <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, oh, how's that for timing? <laughs> you may not be able to get the DVD, but you can get the T-shirt. And Glenn caught up. <laughs> well, this is from that episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even write it. It was just Cyberman. I didn't put that together with it. But it's Where actually is, from... It's Bob. It's, yeah. Bob lives. Bob lives. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um. Once again, if you, if you don't know the reference, go back several oof, years several. ago to uh, Sean Short's story because that was the inspiration. At least a hundred episodes ago, yeah, long, long ago, more than. Um, How's that for some serendipity? Yeah. Once again, thank you to um, obviously our, our Patreon supporters. Thank you to our listeners. Um, we've kind of said it before. We don't think we'd be here without you. I mean, we don't be, think we wouldn't be here. Well, we'd be here talking about this stuff, but nobody we wouldn't would be, listening. be on the internet. <laughs> we wouldn't be on the internet and and having a good time with it, and um, we'd probably be a lot angrier with each other. <laughs> well, I, this probably wouldn't happen as frequently because oh, I mean, yeah. we'd sit down, we still don't talk about stuff all the time. But this kind of, I don't want to say forces because I don't want it to sound like it's a chore because it's not. But it really it's challenges us. Avenue. It challenges us. Challenges us to sit down every week and talk about it something that we enjoy to do and and have the added bonus of having people to listen to us other than just us three <laughs> and to hear from those people yeah well and it's I, i'm i'm exceptionally grateful 
for this because it gives me time with you guys, first and foremost, which is great. And it gives us time with our listeners, even though it's in that kind of halting, written in, not necessarily live way. Um, so you're all going to have to come to a convention or something so that, well, I, so that it, I can hug you. If it wasn't uh, for this, you would never have gone to Gallifrey. I probably wouldn't have ever gone to I would have known about Gallifrey. You would have gotten to Gallifrey. Hold out on me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have the community involvement that we've had with the show just even on the local level that we have now. I mean, it's... Keith probably still wouldn't... I wouldn't probably wouldn't be in the show. He'd have, he'd have found it eventually because he's uh, yeah. such a time travel geek. You now see, I thought about that <laughs> coming into this tonight. It was like I'm not going to take credit for Keith knowing everything about Doctor Who that he knows now, but I, I probably wouldn't. Have we set him on the path. We yeah, did because realistically, I mean, the show had been on for. 47 years. Well, and, and I probably would never have really? dipped into or realized the back catalog of Classic Who if it weren't for this. I mean, he, he I think he might have eventually got into the new series, probably through one of his other weird shows. Like, I was watching Continuum and Orphan <laughs> Black, and they kept showing this trailer for this thing called Doctor Who. And have you guys ever watched this? <laughs> Were you as connected with British television, though? I wasn't then either. This, I probably so. wouldn't have found Orphan Black. So see, it's it, who knows. Doctor Who's opened a lot of doors. Yeah, in that aspect. You know, but so that's that's definitely something. And obviously, we've got you know, as you pointed out, galley and stuff. So I'm 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 grateful just for my own sense of you know, it's given me an excuse. <laughs> I get to go buy episodes that you know maybe I wouldn't have bothered setting aside some funds to go purchase. You know, uh, something outside of a couple of town bakers. Or you know, listening to the the, the big finish, I, I might oh. not have you know, I, I'd still listen to them because I enjoy them. But it would have been more as a curiosity and oh hey, I got this and or a friend loaned me this and I listened to it. It was really good. One of these days, I'll have to get around to listening to more. But now it's actually being able to do this, and there's been so much enjoyment on that front. Well, I think so. one of the things that this has done for me as well is is I thoroughly enjoy everything Doctor Who. But in my life before this, it was always kind of a a casual catch-up for me. You know what I mean? I listened to a lot of the Big Finish when I discovered them for a while and fell off for other things or other reasons. And, you know, I went back and started catching back up on Doctor Who after I had been on hiatus for myself for so many years. But this show has forced me to go back into that catalog and do those things and force me to listen. And I force this sounding like an adverse word, but it's not because what it does is as every time we put something on a schedule, it's a challenge for me to listen to it and I get so much enjoyment out of it or yeah. something to watch. And I get so much enjoyment out of it. And so it really has energized my fandom so much that I probably would have ha- struggled to find time to enjoy had it not been for this, but this kind of, activates that and it keeps me on the forefront of the things that are going on in Doctor Who and and I and I thoroughly enjoy that and it, it's it's really nice because the, this fandom's a nice escape from life <laughs> not that my life's horrible but it's you know there's there's bills there's work there's other things that go on and well I probably would be occupying my time to get away from those kind of things anyway this one really kind of has driven in the how much I really enjoy Doctor Who and, and how I'm glad that I've come back to it and found it so many years later. I mean, I'd already been on that path before the uh, podcast, but we it's really kind of nailed that home, and it's it's been 
it's been a wonderful treat for me. Yeah. Well, and going back to Big Finish, having two people to sit down to with and sit down with and talk to about the episodes we listen to, whereas if individually we dipped into, we probably wouldn't would rarely cross the same path. And this helps that after watching something, most people want to talk talk about it. This gives us that opportunity where in Big Finish, I listen to Gallifrey. You guys haven't. I can't talk to you guys about it. So it's kind of one of those nice, let's get everyone on the same page too so we can all enjoy the same thing. And bigger community involvement allows better enjoyment yeah. for something. Well, how many times have we convinced somebody um, of, of maybe uh, reconsidering something or oh, yeah. looking at something in a different light, reevaluating something in a different light? Yeah, that... You probably you don't get when you're doing that sololy because as soon as you're turned off by something, you're turned off by it. But if you can sit and discuss it with two people that it can kind of, you know, make you appreciate it in a different way, you kind of get a little more out of it that way as well. And how many of our listeners have come to Classic Who with a new appreciation for some of the clunky um, episodes <laughs> yeah. or monsters like Candyman or, uh, you know, the Merc, obviously. Yeah, the, true. Um, it, it's... It's weird. And I don't mean weird in a bad way. I mean, it's it's weird to sit here and have this discussion and think that so many of these connections and so many of these friends and so many of these people that are in our lives right now and very important people in our lives right now are only in our lives right now as a result of sitting down yeah. and talking about a British television show. Yeah, That's kind of an absurd concept. But it's it's really kind of a cool one, and obviously the five ish fangirls have, have really bonded and become this. You know, you can just look at their Facebook pages and go, "Oh man, these guys are <laughs> these gals are nuts," <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. In a, in a, I mean that in a good way that they're just you know, and you know, I'm not we're not going to take credit for that, but in a way, yeah, we kind of can take credit for that. <laughs> so it's it's just interesting. And a little bizarre, kind of like Doctor Who. It's all <laughs> the journey's a lot like that, actually. But and quite um, amazing. I don't know. I th- I think maybe down the road, maybe we maybe we ought to do a, a, a little hard think, and we'll do a fun episode on what if traveling the vortex wasn't around. That would be kind of an interesting topic to tackle. We'll have yeah. everybody, you an know, else worlds project. And, 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 well, yeah, a what if and Earth too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, that's what I've decided happened here on Earth with the trees. It's Earth too. Oh. That's, that's why. That's why humanity forgets because they're a bunch of pudding heads. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll have everybody write in with you know, what if there was no traveling vortex in your life, and how would it be different? And maybe some things are just very very small things, like you know, my commute sucks a little bit more in the morning, and some of it's like I wouldn't have these awesome friends yeah. that I found. That'd be kind of interesting. Agreed. Yeah. All right, well, as we inch towards 200 minutes in this show, <laughs> how soon does would that be? Are, are we there yet? Can we talk a little bit longer? We're almost to... there. Well, I... Oh, we've got Dr. Phil's audio. Oh, that's true. We have Dr. Phil's audio. So um, maybe we'll end up with some serendipity there. All right. Glenn will edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week's 201st episode, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. 
No infringement is intended or implied. Got to be a 